You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. The Hardcore Podcast. I'm Patrick. I'm Bob. And I'm Tom. Which, I, ha, ha, who has heard you guys podcast, by the way? Like, who has been in the room? Oh, like people oh, in our I'm lives? Thinking, what, am I going to name everyone who's ever listened yeah, to okay. us? Uh, Joe, no, uh, John, let's see. Mary. Yeah, no. People have heard me, uh, obviously, uh, my son and my significant other, um, I believe I, I I had to record an ad read the other day, and uh, Amanda's dad heard me doing that. I, I think that's it. Does anyone think it's funny because uh, my drug church bandmates had never heard me do the intro, and now mm. they think it's the funniest that watching me be official for ten seconds and go, "Welcome to Axe Grind." The hardcore they think it's <laughs> they so love it. corny. It's so, like it. they get such a kick out of it. So. <clears throat> Uh, I had never done it with a with anyone who's nobody has listened to you. Nobody's been like it, like creeping behind you, going, "Oh my god, that's how." Dude, I live by myself, and I make I go, "Hey, I'm recording tonight." Yo, the perks, the perks of single life, man. You know, dude, it it ain't bad, man. I'm telling you, live by. Oh, I I I miss it, Patrick. So, how does uh, how is the Australian household? uh, Have they had any thoughts on your podcasting yet? Uh, my girlfriend thinks I'm quite loud. Mm. Uh, so, so do you, you know these people that are very sensitive to sound? Uh, yes. Just for example, may, maybe I don't know if either of you fellows fall into this camp, but certainly uh, you've probably dated someone who has. Where if there's any noise at all in a house, they can't really sleep. Uh, that's that's my girlfriend, and so she has the noise canceling headphones for if the if the neighbors are. Li- she thinks it's like a crime to listen to music at a volume that other human beings can hear. So so we are. I'm right now on the other side of a wall with her, where she will. It, when we get loud, she will definitely be able to hear it, and she mm, will she knock she on the wall, poke her head in, and give me this look and go, "Why are you so loud?" So that's, <laughs> that's how she feels about it. Hello, but right now. You guys got to tell me if there's any overwhelming uh, uh, bird sounds or anything because I have the garage door open. It is a mm. seventy degree seventy degree day here. Uh, mm. it's, Poor guy, it's lovely. So, yeah, you know, you you, you let me know if uh, if uh, what do they call if the, the the pleasant sounds are too much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I lived on truly, a city bus block. I could sleep through anything. <laughs> I literally had a city story. bus up my street for most of my in my life, so I could literally sleep through a fucking an artillery shelling. Uh, yeah, I'm a good sleeper. I can sleep through whatever too. It's well, nice. speaking of which, I, I uh, when I lived in Brooklyn for a time, I, I lived uh, my first go round. I lived at 805 Broadway, and I played that Market Hotel the other day. Tom, you were there, and yes, I was as, about a month as ago. The, as the J train went by, every time I thought, 
was I insane that I was able to just <laughs> next to this incredibly loud, stupid thing that goes by every 11 minutes? And Right, like at I, your window? Truly, my one roommate, he couldn't quite touch the train, but if we had done like a hang him out the window, he would have been able to, to touch Yeah, you give him a long saying? broom, he's good. Yes. That can't so, be good for the building's constitution. No. Oh, it's a good good thought, too. Yeah, you're like, right. Like overall, like not like a one is going to do it, but right. like, yeah. Uh, guys let's 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 jump into our sponsors and get get moving we got we got a lot to get to today big thanks to to live a lie oh yeah big thanks i can't do it now because you gotta be quiet oh that's right (laughs) big thanks to closed casket activities oh yeah now now there's gonna be a different look when when she pops her head in uh but today's featured sponsors run for cover records uh oh ooh, yeah <laughs> damn this is just weird what is, and this is just gotten, i'm sorry everybody and death wish inc <laughs> all right so with those noises appropriately guys let's talk about run for cover records run for cover records.com yo guys guess what we're going to talk about today tell me uh perhaps one of the most interesting band names we've ever talked about Mm. We're going to discuss Horse Jumper of Love. This is a that is a peculiar name. And it is. I want to know all about it. Is it catchy or is it like it, not the song, not the music, but is that a catchy name for an artist? It's well, I mean, it's I mean, Googleable. It's Googleable. <laughs> good, good SEO. That's true. Very good. Um, it is. A hair long, but that's okay. Um, and when you hear it, y- you know it's y- it's pretty memorable. You know, you might like it, you might not like it. The name that is, but you'll remember it, right? That counts for something, right? It's my question. If you break it down, right? It, are you like, are you an equestrian? Is like, I'm a horse jumper, or I love. Oh yes, or of our like you know our friends in the UK and other places, jumper is a sweater. Oh, okay, mm. interesting. So it's like okay. a horsehair sweater of love that it's like oh it smells like my ex partner. Oh, okay, right, right. We should figure this out. Okay, they are from Boston, Massachusetts, Boston well, based. He, hold on, here's a question for you, fellas. If, if uh, when you hear horse jumper, what kind of jumping do you assume? Like if the horse I think, is the one, jumping. I think show horse. I think they're jumping over things. I think joyful. (laughs) (laughs) Like not there's no competition. It just like you know, have you ever seen like the dogs or bunnies that have like those leaps of joy? So I thought thought diving horse. Oh, like the ones that jump into the pools. Yes. Okay. Those things? Yeah, oh yeah. Oh Tom. Horses that jump in pools. Dude, jump off high dives into pools. Yeah, it's really it's bizarre. What? Cool, yeah, yeah. <laughs> go look it up. It's bizarre. All right, cool. we're gonna stop the recording so Tom can go out. No, yeah, hold on. Um, Give me like ten. Uh, All right. Do here. Here's my question for both of you. Their name's Horse Jumper of Love. Yes. Smooth name. It's long. Can I call them H. Joel? Yes. Okay. Yeah. H. Joel has a new record coming out. Natural part. Up for pre-order now. Run for cover. Let me Why just. So H. Joel on their what third about H. J. of Love? 
H J O L. H J of Love. H J of Love is better. You're right. H J of Love. Use that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh man, because they could they could be seen as disparaging. So I'm going to stick with H Joel. Third full length, natural part, uh, catchy, kind of melodic um, songs. The, this is pretty good. First three songs. I want you guys to pick your favorite name: Snakeskin, Ding Dong Ditch, that one, or I poured sugar in your shoes. Tom, I think. Um, I mean, I've played Ding Dong Ditch, so I'm going to have to go for that, I think. Yeah. Like yeah. It's got, got Ding Dong in it. The sugar in my in your shoes is cute, yeah. but like not when you're late for work. No. I, I hope they have uh, Ding Dong, because you, if you're writing that on a uh, uh, set list, you're probably just writing Ding Dong, right? Oh, or like I, Triple D. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And if you're talking I, about, oh, are we going to play Ding Dong? Yeah, play Ding Dong. Yeah, okay. we're doing Dinah's Drivers and Dives, like kind of. Or, or they're from Boston. <laughs> DD like Dunkin' Donuts. What about I saw in the city the other day? I saw a Dunkin' DD sign. So they've tried to rebrand from Dunkin' Donuts oh, yeah. to Dunkin', but they have Dunkin' and then the DD. And I'm like, guys, this is this branding is poor. You're doing bad. Is that like now when Kentucky Fried Chicken? Like they started calling themselves KFC because they couldn't just call themselves chicken. Yeah, I mean you can't really call Dunkin' Donuts coffee. So I mean I guess it's pretty even. Oh, are you a hater on it? You don't like their coffee? It tastes like, oh, let me get some coffee and throw some of that lemon pledge in there. It's disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Ben Affleck. Sorry, Casey Affleck. Sorry, all of our friends up in the greater Northeast. Potentially, sorry to Horse Jumper of Love, but everyone as a mea culpa, please go pre-order Natural Part, runforcoverrecords.com. Thank you very much. Tell them we sent you. Patrick, let's go to Deathwishink, deathwishink.com. They got a little thing up there called Converge, the Poacher Diaries. But wait, it's sold out. However, what can you do? Uh, You can still buy associated merch. Mm. So what I see here is I see art that is uh, the original art from the the album cover. From Derek Uh, Hess. Derek Hess um, that feels very of the time, but it's a time I liked. I really did, even though a lot of the records he did art for weren't things that were in my wheelhouse. Always loved his style. Um, Kind of the the line, very sketchy lines. It was always fun. So they have a whole selection um, of Poacher Diary stuff. Tell me about this material, guys. So a great many people claim that this is their favorite converge material and some of their best songs are definitely on this record. I was going to say, this mm. is why I asked Tom before we started, I said, wait, Tom, these songs appeared elsewhere. Right. And he said, no, the reason I think that they, the, I thought that they had is because some of these were staples and people and things that people have, they, they want them to play all the time. And it's interesting that it comes from a split, you know, that doesn't always happen. Like locust rain. Yeah, I mean, come on. You know what I mean? So, the it's interesting that uh, that this made such an impact, for, and because I know people that have never listened to the agoraphobic nosebleed side for sure, and no disrespect. I'm one of them, which I'm probably missing out to be honest. But uh, it's a hard listen. I listened to the body stuff with dope record of, recently, but uh, at any rate, the uh, uh, this is 
classic converge material that basically everybody who likes converge whether you are a new converge head or if you are going back to the kind of the mosh metal days uh this is this satisfied everybody and still does. yeah it's a midpoint yeah that, that's exactly right so it actually makes right. sense it's a midpoint. so it's a midpoint it's right between we, it's right between, between the uh, forever comes crashing and, yeah. and jane doe right Nice. Like that. So it's a midpoint, but we would not call it mid. Deathwishing.com. <laughs> Go pre order it. Uh, or not pre order it, just order it. Guys, how we doing? How we feeling? Tom, sorry for stepping on you. How you doing? All good. All good. I'm good. You can also sign up to notify. They'll notify you when the the new pressing is available. Um, kind of I bought a smart it. Like, idea. It's, but if, I mean, even if you own the split, the new artwork is gorgeous. Hmm. So just to have it, the new artwork is is well worth it. As someone who has already purchased it, who I got in early on the ground floor, mm. I'm like, it's like an NFT. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Patrick, uh, give us one adventure in Australia story before we get started. People enjoyed. What is it? Bunnings, your story on Bunnings. Yeah, they like that to, one. I went to Bunnings. Uh, let's see. Where have I gone in the last couple of days? I'm out of the house uh, every day. Uh, mm-hmm. In the way that my my parents are an inspiration uh, to my girlfriend and I, because my parents are retirees who just go shopping for pies every day of their lives. Oh, bless and up! It, it seems pretty good. It's a fucking way frank. to live, man. Yeah, they just they like leave the house, get breakfast at some spot that they're excited to try. Yes. And then they then they drive to you know Canada Harry to get a fucking pie that they read about in the yes. newspaper. Yes. <laughs> Everything about that is perfect. Everything about that is perfect. Ugh. Yeah. So we're trying to do that, um, but I'm just seeing a lot of beach. Oh, I finally went. Uh, oh, did you go swimming in the Indian Ocean? Uh, I put my feet in it. Okay. Uh, it's it's a touch cold, cold at the moment, mm-hmm. though a little bit nicer right now than certainly the uh, Pacific off of California. Uh, but it is uh, – I went north. So everybody that – I there's a divide in Perth. There's You can be north of, north of the city or south of the city, right? And I live north of the city, which is like the less cool sort mm. of spot. So I've been driving south. Uh, just to check out some of the city stuff. Like, you know, I saw that first jail. It, they're very proud of their jails. Out the Fremantle prison? Yeah, it's a weird thing yeah. that they're proud of. <laughs> mm-hmm. but whatever. So uh, I, I've been doing that. The other day I drove north. North is gorgeous. It it uh, reminds me of, like, if you got lost in North Carolina. Uh, so it's very pretty. Uh, I'm going to try to get to uh, south of here by, like, five hours. There is an Albany uh, oh that, yes, that I intend. <laughs> you can't visit. escape. You can't this escape. This Instagram picture. So I might visit all the Albany's on the planet eventually. Mm, what a nice life that is. <laughs> Yo, Albany's not close to Perth, by the way. <laughs> no, it's like five hours. Okay. And Fiona just wants him out of the goddamn house so she can work her job. <laughs> hey, understandable. Understandable. Guys, today we're we we. Tom, we had this episode. Um, we entered the recording. Patrick set up the recording for us, and the name was Surprise. And what was the surprise Patrick gave to us? He wasn't prepared. <laughs> On the first day of May, our podcast yeah. partner gave to us. That was partially my bad recording. No, no, to it's me, okay. The surprise, I was like, oh, it's either going to be it's going to be Dave Weinberg or <laughs> Pat Flynn. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. And it no. was neither. It was just Pat. No. Well, it was it was not a surprise. Yeah, well, so here's the, <laughs> the the true backstory is I don't know why it's called surprise. I just made that up because he was ill prepared. Patrick, did you have other intent for the title surprise? Uh no, I was uh I was about to go for a run. I was surprised we were recording. <laughs> I'll get it. We, we scheduled this with you last time because you're on the yeah, other listen, the Time doesn't make any sense to me anymore. Oh, boy. That's true. Okay. Hey, time is a, now? a construct. Who cares? It's a flat circle, bro. Um, guys, so so in the spirit of uh, ill preparedness, we do have some questions. We have some questions to answer. We have some questions for each other. Um, but I, I think we should start. Tom, you had one that you mentioned pre recording, but we didn't really get into. I think this is a good place to start because we are about to hit um, a pretty busy season here. I think as you guys festival hear this recording, season. yeah, festival season is going to be starting. Uh, so, Thomas, without yes. any further ado, take the floor. Here was my question. So, like, you see, like, all, um, you know, festivals starting to be, you know, they, you get to save the date kind of deal, like, like you're going to a wedding. Mm-hmm. Um. When you see partially um, announced festival lineups, right, right. Now that's across the world, obviously. Does that mean not everything's set in stone, or is there a benefit to like a, like a gradual rollout to like for? I've never booked more than you know a, a, probably a six band show for folks that have have booked festivals. Is there any mm. benefit to being like here's the like? All right, so if that first wave didn't hit you, here's the second wave of bands that may convince you to buy a ticket. Is it what's the is is it either we don't have everything set and we need to get some of this information out there, or is it like there's a benefit to slow rolling it as it you know as it, as it comes out? Uh, great question, Patrick. Do you want to stab first and then I'll jump in too? Sure. Uh, so I think the answer is both, and I think that. There's uh, opinions really vary on whether it's best to make a big splash uh, straight away or if it's better to get ongoing press. Uh, I've heard it from from uh, PR people both ways. Publicists uh, will tell you that you need sustained heat. Others will say drop a bomb. Uh, do you always but, lead off with the home run hitters, though, or do you save a home run hitter in the back pocket? You need someone good batting in the seventh slot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like for that second announcement, maybe you announced the fourth headline or whatever the fuck the story may be. You can. Well, go ahead. (laughs) I think that, uh, I think that this is like stuff that, and Bob can tell you because he's been in the belly of the beast on these. Uh, this is stuff that gets heavily debated (laughs) when doing, when doing festivals because, uh, you know, there's different mentalities. A lot of people just say, let's, Let's fucking stop the internet. We've got this. We've got these. Okay, so let's say you've got a showstopper. You might want to drop it so that you can get a leap on the other festivals that might be trying to get that same act. You might be there's there's all types of, for lack of a better word, games being played here. <laughs> you know, so uh, right. there's a lot of reasons that you might drop the big hitters. But if you drop the big hitters, as you said, all in the same announce then everything after that feels like stragglers and it, it feels a little pointless. So, uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I think that there's a, but yes, there's also this thing, Tom, where booking agents are dragging their feet. Uh, bands are unreliable. Uh, 
is, a deal isn't done, you know, uh, a lot of times not everything is in stone. So it's both. But Bob can uh, expand on that a little bit as he's been there. Yeah, I think um, what what our coughing friend was saying is is, is largely true. Um, the biggest <clears throat> piece to me is you fear making with with like say you're booking a, a hardcore festival that's over two or three days or whatever it is. Um, and for the young folks, there was a time when some of these festivals were four days. There would be three days in a formal pre-show or what have you, and boy those were long and and credit <laughs> i was you know i was old back then back when i was 27 <laughs> i was old and i was like whoa that's too many bands but uh, a lot of the 18 year olds said uh the dirty dancing style they had the time of their lives um you want you you don't want bands to get lost in the shuffle if you're posting an image with that's what I think about when I see the Coachella flyers and you know some of the Riot Fest things. Yes, there's an element where you're looking through and carving through and like, oh, this band, you know, your your eyes are glazing through. But I also felt always that uh, you could lose bands, you could lose stuff in it. Even sure. yo, look, even for the band who <clears throat> is smaller, who's on the show. Them getting announced matters to them and the people in their circle. That matters. Oh, yeah. And so if you can make it, it's one of the reasons <clears throat> with Sound and Fury, we always did our announcements alphabetically because it was this, you know, no hierarchy feel to allow people to go, hey, just read this out. It's, it's an alphabetical order, you know, so like people don't get fucked up. And that's why the posters were in alphabetical order and all the posters right. had Easy the band names. And, Band names right. in the same size, all that. It was just kind of like a uh, egalitarian approach to it, I guess you could say. But and easy but to, to find people. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you can look yeah. and 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 so so purely on a hey service to the bands. You don't want a band to feel like they got lost in the sauce. Uh, getting getting posted with twenty to thirty bands, you still can get lost, but it's double as hard. Double is hard to get found if you're in the sixty band listing um or 40 or 50 whatever it is um as far as the sustained heat yes you kind of if you do the multiple listing you know first announcement second announcement what have you the first announcement you want to make a splash and get eyes and get attention a lot of times you'll get people who put the tickets up for sale right then or use it as a way to kind of just gear people up start getting the interest going right get the chat um yeah and then second announcement <clears throat> is either for two ways so um and we've seen some recently where the first announcement just get people kind of foaming at the mouth and then second announcement along with tickets and everything's out at the same time bring the hammer yeah right then there's the other method where it's like hey here's our first announcement and you can buy tickets right now ba 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 and then a second announcement later for that sustained kind of like ooh or like a uh, like damn, I didn't get my tickets already. Let me make sure I get them. But there's also something to me with that method that I, I preferred in terms of like make the tickets available with the first announcement and then have the second announcement because I wanted the second announcement. The people who already bought tickets, there's an opportunity for them to continue to be excited that they already bought tickets. 
And those are going to be the people who are vocal about it. You know what I mean? It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I already bought my tickets. And these other bands that I'm really excited about are playing. Oh, hell yeah. You know what I mean? You know what? It's funny. Like thinking as you're ta- you guys are talking about this, like as a consumer, a potential consumer, mm. I think I would prefer it all at once. Okay. Here's my thought. And this is also taken to age and, and proximity and all sort of stuff. Yes. To me. If if I saw uh, the first first announced to uh, whatever it may be, yep, I'd go and, and if it didn't strike me mm-hmm. right off the bat, I'd go. Yeah. Eh, I probably don't have to go to that. Right, right. So then that second announce, yep, has to do that much more. Right, because you already have to in overcome your head. the first. Yeah. Like, so if I saw, you know, it was like, oh, you know, all these bands, all these bands, that's pretty cool. I don't know if I necessarily need to you know travel right, to right. canada for that this is cool <laughs> but then like the second one it's like oh man now they added fucking whoever and like that but then i'm kind of like oh man if i would have known this the first time around this probably would have been a deal maybe like, i would have made plans done. maybe got my flights already right, now it's like now this is more of an undertaking like i don't know i think totally, i'd rather know all up front totally valid super yeah, valid I mean, and an argument towards the Here's our first announcement. Takes will be available when we announce the entire lineup and you get all the information. Totally valid. Totally. Because I also think what you're saying, Tom, is like, oh, if there's a first announcement and let's say let's say there's 15 bands announced and you're excited about three and and think there's another two or three that you're you would be kind of excited to watch, but not, you know, super jazz. And then there's another announcement of 15 bands and there's all of a sudden there's five or six that you're excited about well if cumulatively you had 10 bands you were excited about on that first all together lineup you might be clicking by right uh as opposed to five and then five later right yeah it's it's um no, I get it. It's 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 totally and it's it's a great question because it's tough. It's it's not easy. There's no right answer, but like just I'd be curious like what people expect. Like maybe if if you have to travel, like if you're one, if you're in like mm-hmm. you know in the middle of the country or you know Pacific Northwest, or whatever, and you have to decide like, am I well, going to if, this? If I'm yep. getting to Philadelphia, or if I'm getting to L.A., or if I'm getting to FYA, Texas, or yeah, Florida, or, yeah, wherever, like, yeah. Fuck, like, I got a plan this man. <laughs> like this isn't like I got to you know I can get a flight in a, in a you know a couple weeks before. It's a fucking undertaking. No, it's a it's a fantastic thought and uh I think I people are going yeah, through I that. Do. I think I think you know what's funny and I'd like both your opinions on this. <sighs> what percentage? Let, let's let's do this as a percentage. When someone is deciding they're going to go to a festival Hardcore fest. Let's keep it in our world, and we can go. We can go slightly adjacent, but like, let's keep it basically in our world. When someone's going to a festival, what percentage is the lineup? What percentage is I just want to go to this festival because I've heard about it for years and I know the lineup's going to be at least pretty good. And what percentage is just the experience of going to? that festival in that place and having the more like all the intangibles of going to that place because i think all obviously this is different for different ages but what would you give your percentages what do you think the average answer would be i would say it's almost probably 33 and a third for each 
yeah patrick right because like a lot of it's like it's like wrestlemania like yeah. you're going for the name yeah you want to be able to say hey i went to wrestlemania but if the rock is right like that's cool too but i'm going to hang out or i'm going to that city or i'm go- like i feel like yep. it's probably pretty equitable like across the the three yeah i mean tom for sure if if wrestlemania and this is no no disparagement and are at this point. but if, if wrestlemania is happening in omaha nebraska you would be excited to go to WrestleMania, but if Omaha, if WrestleMania was happening in Los Angeles, California, or San Diego, California, you might be a little more excited about your entire weekend. Absolutely, right. And that's so that's it's a, it's a, it's really it is interesting, Patrick. You 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 tend to agree with that? Yeah, I mean, look, it, it's like uh, what's the one that uh, all the celebrities get excited for? Uh, all Star. Oh, I'll, a, that's a thing. That's a cultural yes. thing that people get excited about. It's regardless, awesome. I, I, regardless by the way, I have been trying to go for so many years. Tickets to Cleveland, which was this past year, were so expensive. So <laughs> expensive. Anyways. It, but it's it's like a cultural marker that like, you know, in the same way, I've said this a number of times. <clears throat> this is no disrespect at all because I thought the fest was very hot and had good lineups. But uh, United Blood became much more about going to United Blood than any specific lineup, you know? Right, it was going and, to Richmond for the weekend. Yeah, it's just, yeah, look, yeah. Richmond, Richmond is, or, I mean, I, I don't want to speak out of turn. I was going to say was, but some kid is going to fucking correct the shit out of me with a punch. Uh, w- was is a hardcore town. It's Definitely. practically a fucking college of worth of hardcore kids. With all yes. the attend with all the attendant problems, by the way, <laughs> but like it's it's a practically a college of hardcore kids. People get excited to go places where, oh shit, everyone I know is going to be here. That's exciting. There's going to be, you know, all my friends are going to be there. All the fucking dramas that I've played out in my head are going to fucking unfold. You know, what I mean, all the gossip that I love is going to kick off. <laughs> all the right, bullshit. Right. You understand? So like, and. That's no disrespect to, to United Blood because it, it matched it with good lineups year after year. But it became 100%. about it became about that thing. Now, for some people, that's this is hardcore because they have the same feeling about mm-hmm. Philadelphia. Oh, and, and for some, yeah, and same thing. If you cross the, the Mississippi, it's there's people who feel the same way for Sound and Fury. And, and I think there's people at this point who feel the same way about LDB. Oh, it's like oh, uh, oh, it's, this, it's but, rite of passage. You know what I mean? Like. Oh, I, I gotta I th- go to I this. I LDB, haven't gone to this. In in record time, LDB has become one of the destination festivals in what we do. You, you know what I mean? Mm. In, in truly in record time. And look, I'm also sure that uh, uh, the one in Canada is still has the people that look forward to it forever. Certainly, uh, uh, Chaos and Tejas had that for a long time. Uh, it, it's you know people get excited about. I mean, I get this at punk. Like, uh, Drug Church has played punk rock bowling a few times. It's a different market. It's a different person. Same attitude of like, oh shit, I'm going to a casino town to fucking get loose for a few days. I'm, you know, <laughs> it, and that's a fu- that's the funniest fucking festival because it's it's uh, an older demographic typically. So it's not like oh, I'm going to hook up with the boy or the girl that I met on on fucking whatever on instagram mm-hmm. it's people it's the, i flew out my mother so she could watch the kids so i can go to the fucking that's go exactly see no effects right. that's ex- it's, it's people it's couples a lot of couples 
uh, like we're talking, they have, yeah, they have like 10 year olds and they fly them them off. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And Aunt Kathy is watching them for the weekend. Ack. (laughs) (laughs) And they do four day weekends where they uh, just party hard. They see people that they've seen every year at that event. Uh, and right. They don't the end, go see like another movie the rest of the year because they blew all their entertainment budget on four days at the at the Bellagio. A hundred percent. And honestly, <laughs> the most guess it's Steakums this week. <laughs> can Can I tell a funny Vegas story real quick that I of think course I, I fail maybe correct me if I already told the story. I enjoyed it so much. A lot of people will know who I'm talking about because this gentleman, I guess, uh, is kind enough to make this offer for bands that he likes. Uh, a dude comes up to me in the parking lot of my Vegas show and he goes, Patrick. And I, I look him up and down, I guess in a way that wasn't, maybe I wasn't cool because I, he goes, no, no, you don't know me. <laughs> Cause I was like, who is yeah. this motherfucker? And he goes, no, 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 listen, you don't know me. He goes, I, I just really like your band. Um, listen, I'm a, I'm a photographer and I go, Oh no. And he goes, uh, also I'm a degenerate gambler. And I said, Oh, okay. This is getting interesting. Uh, mm. He says, he says over the over the pandemic, I I picked up a bit of a of a gambling problem, and I say, oh, you know, this is something that my father's wrestled with his whole life, so I'm like, oh, it's rough, brother. <laughs> but he's like, he's like, uh, yeah, it's 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 bad. Uh, you know, I I have lost a lot, uh, like basically a college education's worth of of money over the pandemic. But uh, I also I I I'm at the highest level of perks at the Caesar. <laughs> I said, okay. And he said, so I get rooms for free, uh, you know, however many times a month. I was wondering if you, if you guys needed a room, uh, we can probably upgrade it to a a penthouse. And oh my God, (laughs) we had already bought, but I, and I was, I was very tempted to just say, yeah, I'll take it. And my, I'll take the penthouse to myself, have a fucking hangover. Yeah, and my bandmates can sleep at like circus circus underneath the fucking parking garage or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but I, uh, uh, but I thought that that was, uh, we ended up not taking it. The gentleman takes photography. He's a good photographer. He, he uh, he's taken a uh, photo photographs of a number of bands, but, uh, I just thought that that was the funniest pitches. Oh, Hey, uh, I'm a photographer and my, you know, I'm like disinterested. And he goes, also, I'm, uh, I'm a problem. But very generous. Very generous, honestly. Shout out to him. But I, I, this was leading into the fact that when we play Vegas, uh, we get like a slight punk rock bowling pop from playing it a few times. You know? Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah, yeah, sure. And and, uh, that crowd, very loyal and just wants to have a good time. And it is, it is just so different a person than the like the type of hardcore that i was raised on you know so oh yeah show me hardcore kid very very fun to play for that different type of person uh but yeah it's uh i (laughs) i've become like a vegas dude where i couldn't live there because i i don't want to deal cocaine but i i like everything about passing through very fun yeah i find myself in a minority who thinks i could live in vegas because it's not just, really nice, but like I, I, I don't. I'm not even particularly like drawn to gambling. I think gambling's fun in a very casual way, like sports betting. I did. I enjoy sports books because the TVs are so large. It's. I feel like I feel like it's comical. Like if you're in Vegas, 
even if you're not much of a gambler, if you're a sports fan, find yourself one of the big sports books. It's outrageous. I've watched some Tom. I, I it was like, man, it was like a decade ago. I was there during the playoffs, the NBA playoffs, and we just sat and watched the game. It was like the best. It was. I, I think I was on a long like drive. Watch TV was, at NASA. Yes, dude. I felt like the uh, the famous photo of the guy in front of the TV with his hair being blown back. Uh, yeah, except Martina I was watching. Pack. Yes, thank you. I. Remember, uh, I was by myself, and I think I basically I stayed at the whatever casino it was. Didn't gamble. Didn't didn't spend a dollar other than getting free drinks that were coming around, and just sat there at the sports book and watched the game. It was amazing. amazing. <laughs> um, Before we are we move, are we going to move on? We got some questions, but yeah, go ahead. I just want to say one thing. Um, that's not that sounded very. I feel like I'm at a Harker show now. I just want to say one Hello. thing. One thing. Yeah. Hard breathing. Hard breathing. Hold on. <sighs> um, no, I want to give props to fucking outburst. I don't know if anybody watched over this past weekend. Terror was doing their record release weekend for the the new record. Yes, um, and they had out Mind Force, uh, Outburst, and Dead Heat played. But Outburst two nights covered um, Execution Attacks, so they did the Outburst intro into Execution Attacks, and Power Trip in their early days used to also cover the Outburst intro. So it was like Which a beautiful, is- like it was cool. It was a very really, very nice tribute to Riley. Who really, really, about. really cool. And I think. You know, not speaking on anything, but I'm pretty sure they had some sort of relationship, and that is awesome. Um, sure. Yeah, because yeah, when when um, Power Trip did those two big, I mean, of many, but they did two really big Brooklyn shows with Fury and um, Sheer Mag. They did two nights at Elsewhere. That's right. Yeah, and they had Outburst open one of them. That's cool. So like, I think, and like, yeah, so they had a they had a connection, and like. Um, and they did the full song and they fucking ripped it. And I know um, it's not rotting out. Did did uh, a power trip song and um, at one of their shows? Maybe it was for the children or something that also yep. ripped. So it was just cool to see rotting out and to see outburst. Um, pay tribute. It was awesome. And so. and shout out to outburst because I heard their their shows in California were just banging. Heard the reactions were great and they sounded great. So mind force ripped. <sighs> power trip. R.I.P. Um, guys. Uh, sometimes we got to scramble and make things happen, and we have, um, we have some of Hardcore's most unanswered questions. A quick survey of our Instagram landscape. Would you guys like to answer some questions for me? Yeah, why not? All right, I will chime in if you guys need help. But uh, let's start with. A question here from uh, Joseph underscore John underscore. Were Chain of Strength ever actually Edge, or was it all a front? From what I heard from the OGs from that area, it was all fake. Mm. Maybe not the drummer. Patrick, oh, wow. Patrick what's your knowledge? <laughs> what's your knowledge on this scandalous accusation? Uh, my understanding, and granted this is coming exclusively from lore, is yeah. that... Uh, at no time were all of them. Uh, I, I will, without being like, this is a fact, fact, um, cosign what both of you said. I believe they kind of took more of a loose version of straight edge. Um, <laughs> Which in terms kind of, of yeah. like, uh, you know, 
you know. I didn't know there was a version of that. I, I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm just doing my best out here. Well, was Minor Threat a straight edge band? Well, <laughs> Brian Baker sometimes he'd smoke a cig here and there, you know, mm. and um, so it was a loose definition, and that certainly took their East Coast um, peers by surprise, perhaps. And uh, yeah, I, and I don't think that's not true for all members. I know that at least a few of the members certainly adhered in a more serious way at different points. And uh, Can I ask you a question? Yes. This is a hot take of a question. Let's hear it. And it just popped up in my head when you when you mentioned them. Mm. Was mine a threat a straight edge band? No. Not by, like, well, okay. they, uh, not by our No, defeat. but I'm not saying like in terms of the rules. I don't think they were like they were I don't not think they were self-identified like, as that. No. no. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Think about this. Uh, DYS on Brotherhood sings about more than being in a straight edge band. You know what I mean? Like, I think there were other bands who shortly thereafter, after Minor Threat dubs the the, the term straight edge, start that considering themselves up. straight edge bands. Yeah, like Minor Threat would not have like straight edge like under their name on a flyer because no. they were like they they pre like. No, like DOA probably didn't have DC, hardcore, yeah. right? You know, right. whatever. Like they created the term, but it wasn't like you know. So, like, I wonder if they were ever really considered a straight. Like, would they be? Considered I don't think they would have considered themselves a straight edge band. I think they'd consider themselves a hardcore band, right? Because straight edge didn't really exist. No, right? Uh, they made the song. <laughs> the I don't think they would have called themselves that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, I've heard that most of that stuff was fake. I've heard stories about if we're, I mean, we're going to go in, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're in. Um, that um, all of like those like very famous photos were like kind of practice posed. space. Yeah, they, they yeah, were. Like, so it was ha- have all the friends come to the practice space, do some covers, and get some great photos, which is, um, I mean, it's brilliant because it makes them yeah. look like the coolest band alive. Yeah, and it's interesting because. <clears throat> If you think about it, especially if you're starting out, you know, Chain of Strength was a newer band. How do you get good photos for your record if you want your record to have live photos, you know? Um, and, you know, I'm sure there's there's other bands, certainly other revel- revelation bands where it's like, whoa, look at this awesome picture of the person jumping with their guitar. It's like, yeah, that dude wasn't in the band <laughs> when we were playing a lot. So we had to have a few pictures taken at the practice space of him right. jumping. And with we've guitar, talked about you know? that. And and even in current days, like mm-hmm. like there are some like fame, you know, Matt Miller, Angela Owens, like those photos are like made the bands. Oh, for sure, so, almost as much as the music at points. Because the imagery, it becomes this kind of yeah. it can be iconography. It's it's really attractive and cool and interesting and fun to look at. So uh, I'm not mad at any of that. I'm not even to be real. Definitely not mad about the chain of strength stuff. I will say. The the thing that man, it doesn't even make me mad. It's 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 an interesting twist. It's like when things get um you know uh reconsidered, I've uh recontextualized, I think the song True Till Death. No, no, that's not about you know straight edge or anything like that. Yeah. It's more just about like hardcore, and it's like Okay. We weren't that either. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> all right. We should move on. Uh, <laughs> to be honest, I will I say mean, this. Front. I love those records. Love them. Love them. Love them. Love them. They're so good. And uh, 
if people if you haven't heard Chain of Strength in a while or you've never heard them for some odd reason, um, you should listen to them. And especially if you're a fan of Minor Threat, I think it's interesting because they really tried hard to nail some of the Minor Threat guitar tones and some of the things that Minor Threat did. They didn't totally land it, but they got close in an interesting way and it created their own thing. So I I, I super appreciate Chain of Strength and that's a band I, I love and will always love. Um Oh, and and as far as posed photos, look, in the late eighties, sometimes things were hard enough that bands would use photos from other bands on their records. Like, oh, oh that's a cool that's a cool photo of them stage diving. We played that show. That's not us. Yeah, but it's, you know, it's from our hometown. That's cool. Like all our friends oh, are in the picture. Let's use that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm saying you know that for a fact? I do. Yeah. Oh. For sure. Man, I want you to say one of the names. Uh, X wheezing underscore the juice. X wheezing underscore the underscore juice. X. What's up, Wally? Why is wearing Why is wearing the shirt of the band you are going to see a no go? It's not. I've, we've talked about this. It's it's a silly thing. <coughs> Wear the fucking shirt. It doesn't fucking matter. And I think that's gotten deaded a lot more recently. Why was it a no go at one time? Um. You were seen as a mark, maybe. Yeah, I think just, maybe it was seen. It was just gauche and like like oh you're yeah. not informed or whatever. That's not a thing that somebody that no. was cool would do. But that's all arbitrary nonsense. Completely arbitrary. It's it's, it's, yeah, people still don't do it. But I mean, it's also the equivalent. Like, I mean, you don't. You guys don't like look sideways when you see a band member wearing their own merch on stage. No, I love it. <laughs> I go, ah, that's a little. You, Sometimes you, you I think it's funny. Thing. Sometimes I think it's funny because I think it's somebody uh, like. Oh, you don't got no more clothes. That's all. Well, that's what it is on tour. It's like Patrick going like, "Oh, you 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 peed yourself or something." Like, yeah, like and having to put on like a drug church hygiene shirt. Yeah, I, I wish people would now. At yeah, yeah that's what I want. I want people to lean into it more, like wearing the shirt, and then the bass player goes up and holds the shirt up, like like it's his jersey, and he's pushing it. And he goes, "Yo, shirts are fifteen bucks in the back. Go get this. It's great." You know, I want them to lean all the way in. I do love the vibe uh, talking about merch. Um, I've seen people do it more and more often, and I never thought of it this way, of like when you play shows with bands, you do like the jersey swap. Oh, yo, that's cool. They should do the jersey some, like, swap with the photo. Yeah. They do it now, and I love it. Uh, I feel like pay- yeah. I saw like Pain of Truth, like Zach from Pain of Truth. Somebody did it, and it was like them like, you know, both kneeling and like holding the other band's shirt. I was like, this is the fucking way to go because you used to trade shirts all the time but it was never like ceremonious now it needs like it should be right it should be like mean joe green fucking handing a jersey you know i think it should be like like so patrick do you you know the jersey swap thing is or not not so much not so much okay so so especially in basketball but you see in football I don't know about hockey or baseball, but I'd imagine it happens, you know, but especially in football and basketball, because it's really, uh, you know, visual after game, everybody's congratulating each other. And quite often, if one dude, you know, usually the stars, but if one dude had a great game and he goes up to the other dude, he's like, yo, let me get your jersey. And one person has to initiate it, but then the other has to accept. Rarely do you see it rejected. But it's almost always, you know, you do the swap and then they take pictures holding the other person's jersey. So they each take off a jersey, then hold it up. So it's, you know, Tom holding my jersey, me holding Tom's jersey, you know? Yeah, I love the vibe. Love the vibe. But let me just say this. 
it has to be earned. Yo, if some band goes up <laughs> and doesn't put on that show, you avoid that. You avoid the jersey swap. Like dr- Drug Church plays with Mind Force. For some reason, you're not on tonight, Pat. Jay from Mind Force is avoiding you like a ghost. And to be <laughs> honest, you should be trepidation. You should not approach to swap because you know you weren't you weren't hitting your A game that night. But yeah, not, not if you both put on a show, if you put on a show, then you go do the swap, get the photo. That's so that's uh, that's the next wave. Tom, thank you. I, that that has brightened my day. I love that. That's creepy. I love that idea because there's been times like we played a show <laughs> with this band. In New York, it was a big band. Like, uh, it was a big show. This was the opening band, like a known band. And the singer was like, ah, do you want a shirt? And I was like, ah, cool. Yeah, I'll grab a shirt. And I was like, do you want one? He's like, yeah, totally. I'll wear it to the gym. (laughs) And I was like, yo, I don't even want your shirt, bro. I was trying to be nice. And then I got the shirt, and then I realized it had stuff on it that I was like, I'll never wear the shirt outside because it had... Because I was like, I wasn't, I didn't know enough about Nazi runes to realize that I should not be wearing this shirt outside. Yeah, everybody's in trouble for Nazi runes this week. No, it's like everyone likes Death in June. There was like that period, that year that everyone's like, yo, Death in June is dope. Oh, did? (laughs) (laughs) I love your Death in June voice. Um, I don't even know if that's what they sound like, but. They're going to go down with screwdriver to of the two bands that I've never listened to, and I never will. Oh, but God. yeah, I was talking to. Hey, by the way, I was, I, I was talking to a uh, fucking Patty White Power over here. Just you know, listen. Ta- <laughs> I'm not talking- ch- listen to the fucking melodies. No, a Death in June by just for all of our listeners. So there is no miscommunication. I'm not oh, forcing shit. Tom to listen to Death in June. Death in June no. is explicitly not a racist band. Not a Nazi band. There is literally, no matter what anyone tells you, no matter what anyone tells you, there is nothing to that. The man is a <laughs> he is the son of the of the war generation. He just like uh, Killing Joke. Killing Joke, by the way, boycotted for their imagery at one point. Wait a minute! Did Killing Joke just put a record out about the fucking the Holocaust? I'm sure they did. Listen. Yeah, no, they ju- didn't. They ju- wasn't that them, or is that? It was no, one of the other weird band. What? Fuck! No, no, no. What was the band? It wasn't Killing Joke. I'm sorry. It was not Killing Joke. It was. But it's okay to have. A oh, you're thinking of the, the, the post Amoebics band. Yes. Sorry, my, my dudes in Tau Cross. Yeah, Tau Cross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, Jesus, maybe one of this. You're talking about part. the Baron. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, here's the thing. The Baron. Yeah, the guy. Yeah, the guy in the band named the Baron. Listen. Look, even Baron Zemo got retconned. He's a good guy now. The Baron's just going through a bad spot. If you are of a certain age, particularly if you are British, you you are interested in World War II. Death in June has never displayed any sympathy for the Nazi cause, simply an interest in World War II era shit. It is not that weird. It would be like... Like there's going to be bands that are I'm actually maybe not because of our media landscape, but I'm kind I can, of I can hear the the iPod like I can hear everyone like turning off or hitting no, no, like no. the everybody, thirty second fast forward thing. Everybody loves this. They live for this. Here's the thing: the are you guys kind of surprised? Bigger topic that there's not more punk or hardcore music about our the United States uh, conflicts and excursions in the Gulf region. It seems weird that this is a thing that we just never talk about. There's plenty of protest music about 
uh, fucking Vietnam, but we don't see like Afghanistan. How many hardcore bands do you know with a song about Afghanistan? We were there for fucking 20 years. Because people are not as informed. Well, that, but they should be. They got more access to media than ever before. So I think people is, aren't aren't informed and, and don't know how to speak on it in a intelligent way. So well, they, I'm they sure all that, but but this is all to say, it's kind of surprising that there's not more kind of oh, I'm really interested in this. I'm going to make a musical career out of my interest in this in the way that Muslim gods did, right? Like Muslim gods, <clears throat> the the obsession there was on the Palestinian plight, like. It's just like a thing that you get stuck on intellectually. Death in June, for our listeners, go investigate it. It's a gay man who plays Israel with some regularity. He is, there's no Nazism there. <laughs> there's none. So anyway, screwdriver, it's a different story. But go on. You just took us so far down the branch, we just have to keep moving. Um, <laughs> yeah. The branch is collapsing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yo, here's my one question on the uh, shirt of the yeah. band you're going to see, No Go. Um, what about you're, you're getting in the car with friends on the way to go see a band? Uh, let's say you're a teen. They're playing the band you're going to see in the, on the stereo. Fine. Uh, smash or pass? <laughs> smash. Um, I've, I've, I've been okay with that, but I've also heard it's bad luck. Oh wow! Oh okay. Well, for luck's sake, pass. <laughs> uh, listen, people want to know the parts. They they're excited yeah. about what they're doing. Uh, it's fine. So what you're saying is, all the drug church fans, please listen to our CD on the way to the show. Park in the parking lot. Like I want to see everyone like having their own things. <laughs> Do like the buffalo jumping through tables. Fucking whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Bell's Mafia. Good reference. Good reference, Tom. Damn. Thank you. I can't wait for the new drug charge clothing line with all the Nazi paraphern the, <laughs> the questionable <laughs> fucking Tutankhamun, comps, whatever the fuck on it. It's like I like Britain, okay, buddy? No, listen. Okay, so so actually the that uh how you say it, the Totenkampf, right? That that uh that's like just for everybody in our listenership. That Tom's not wrong. That was adopted by bands that did not understand that it <laughs> It yeah, no bueno. It's right. no bueno, brothers. <laughs> it comes with a lot. You wouldn't just. It wasn't it called like the Death Skull or some shit. Yeah, it it, it was on uh, high ranking SS officers. It, which is, by the way, if you want to talk about evil regimes, when you put a skull on your fucking uniform, it's not a good look. But anyway, it's that one. Uh, I don't imagine that'll come back around, but it might because it's a striking image and people don't do their homework. That one you can't use, everybody. <laughs> Don't do it. And Tom's not wrong. There there was an era where bands thought that they could be, some of them knew, I'm not going to say their names, but some of them knew that they were like dancing a line and others were just totally ignorant. But a a lot of them stepped in shit (laughs) during the era. And now they're in a, in a zipped bag in the bottom of my closet. (laughs) Uh, You know, I'll wear them to the gym. Oh yeah. That's a good look. (laughs) <laughs> wow. Okay. 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 Next question. That's how you uh, find people to look with? All right. Yes. I realized I am reading these people's ads, and maybe I shouldn't. Uh, so I'm going to stop that. I don't think either uh, Weezing the Juicer or our other buddy are going to be mad. So, no. um, uh, why do people that don't book shows always have a stupid opinion about those who do? Because <laughs> they're they're buying them, so like they're allowed to have input. 
Well, they, they wow. can, they can, they can. They're they're breathing, so they're allowed to have input. You don't have to listen. Um, they don't have to go, and I guess you don't have to take their money if you don't want to either. I feel like that's like a weird vibe. Okay. What, I feel like mad? that's like a current thing. They're kind of be, no, no, but like people being like, you know, I, I, hey, I booked this gig, and people are like, well, I'm not that psyched on it. Well, fuck you then. How you know, like, it's like, well, <laughs> yo, good. that's the so so. Uh, a wise man said. I'm putting this out into the world, and uh, you you certainly are entitled to have an opinion to it. I am by no means entitled to then reply to your opinion or have an opinion on your opinion, and that is a healthy way to deal with the world. Oh, I'm doing this thing. Oh, you don't like it. All right. All right. I won't count you in then. Keep it moving. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, because for every one person that's like, I'm not really into this lineup, there's 10 other people that are like, I'm psyched. Okay. And and yeah. exactly. And, you know, it's not. Everybody, if I could give advice uh, here, and I don't feel qualified to give too much advice in life, but unless someone is lying about you in a way that is going to harm you, just let them think what they think. It's totally fine. <laughs> you know what I mean, like you don't. Probably going to end up there anyway. They'll they'll show up at your show. Oh well, that's the thing. I I don't. I, I, this is a private conversation. I won't say who it is, but there's mm-hmm. somebody in our scene that gets a lot of criticism. Criticism, and <clears throat> I bumped into him. We were talking about it, and he said, "Yeah, I just I I, I just sometimes I take the bait, etc." And I said, "Man, these one of two things. Either these people are never going to give you their money, or they're going to give you their money regardless." Right. And either way, you don't need to have this this exchange. You know, what I mean? like it, unless you're really getting off on it, just avoid the bullshit. So that's right. I'm on both sides of this, though. Tom, I thought, jumped right to it as a consumer, as a guy that goes to a lot of shows. Mm. And I think that that's a good perspective to have because I'm going to, for a moment, take the other perspective, which is. <laughs> It does suck putting a lot of your time and money into a thing and then having to jerk off, jump out of the fucking woods to tell you it sucks and then jump back into the woods. It fucking sucks. <laughs> like, I've been there. And we you, all have. True. No, yeah. yeah listen. And yeah, I, but I'd probably go, ah, man, fucking eat a dick. And then no. just move on with it. I wouldn't be like, I'm going to engage with you and then be sour while, that you're mad at me for. No, and whatever. I'm going to say no. honestly, I'm maybe I'm too sensitive. I see uh, some promoters go to war, and I go, I really want to give this motherfucker my money. He's annoying. <sighs> yeah, you know what I mean. Like, that's so, that's I, that's the the, the harm win. that can be yeah. done. Yeah, don't don't get into the battle. When you respond, you never win. No. Yeah. 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 So, so then, then just keep it. The trolls shrink when you ignore them. Yeah. They just shrink away. Wise but it, you do you do feel like Happy Gilmore at times with the guy just yelling jackass for you know what I mean like it, it, <laughs> it, it, it does feel like well, you know I'm trying to do something over here right man like you you could right just, and then wait. but then the promoters become they're like and you can count on me waiting for you in the parking lot and that doesn't do much for good for no them listen everybody you get away with that once or twice if you're gang affiliated you can get away with it three times but the fact of the matter is it's going to cost you in a way that you don't need don't do that. It's stupid. Don't don't, don't don't fight your cons- don't fight your your buyers. Don't fight your clients. Don't fight your consumers. It's just not going to go anywhere. Oh, All right, so next, question. next question. Next <laughs> question. All right. Uh, why no? Why no? Trapped under ice. Big kiss. Good night. Ten year shows. 
because they're not. Um, this is band right called now? Turnstile. Yeah. It's doing some stuff. There's a band called Angel Dust also doing some stuff. Yeah, Crazy yo. Uh, doing some stuff. There's a lot of shit going on. Shout out to. New I Brain would have loved to see coming that. out on Rev. Yeah, and yes. Uh, shout out That's to. A, you go ahead. But no, Big Hits Tonight is a fucking banger of a record. And I, so, such a banger. Oh, my God. I would love to see that. I watched a video of, video of their like temporary last show from nine years ago, I guess it is at this point. And it's like, God damn it, man. Those fucking like from like from skeleton heads to the last song. It's like, God damn it, man. These songs are all so fucking good. And like if you like hardcore, period, there's something for everybody. Can, can I, uh, I? I'm going to I might I might text justice this after this so he doesn't hear this. <laughs> so he doesn't hear hear me talk about this dry because I don't want him to take this in the wrong spirit. But I'm gonna I'm gonna say something that maybe he wouldn't appreciate. I think that I I think that they need to if they're going and to do you something. You say I'm just a friend. If they if they say, if they're if they're going to do something like this, they need to embrace it in the spirit that it was recorded and and performed originally. And I, oh, you, know you, me? you want him? You want you want Tim's? I think he's got to shave his head. I think he's got to have Tim's. I I think that. And look, like expensive loose sweatpants. Yeah, but here's here's the deal. I'm not Mister Nostalgia. I think that bands need to be in their in the moment that they're in, living how they live now, and processing the music through that. I don't think there should be cosplay. I don't think there should be like a time machine. However, I think that everybody involved, or at least so many of them, are doing other things. That they don't need to prove anything to anybody. They don't need to come out there and say, "Here's Trapped Under Ice," uh, sounding like it would uh, through through a um, uh, an angel dust lens or a turnstile lens. This is where we're at now. They don't need to do that. They could literally go out there, play the hits, and nobody would think, "Oh, this is sad." Nobody, not a single no, person, no. would think. Not a Fuck single no. person would think this is because they got nothing else going on. <laughs> nobody, no. on earth, nobody on earth would think that. And with that in mind, <clears throat> you guys give me your opinion on this. Isn't is it's just okay to embrace the thing that, like, I, I think that that brought brought them as musicians to to the dance. I think it's okay to dance with that partner and and do it in earnest and say like, what? okay, let's let's do it. Why do we run from what we were? There's no reason to. Patrick, there's sure. no reason you couldn't do an end of year sincerely record. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's no reason you couldn't. But you I, mean, I uh, think most people should shave their heads. You, yeah, that's right. Shave your head. Patrick shave his head. I think Pat would look good with a crop cut. I don't know about that. His hair is in a good place right now. Oh, let me let me talk out of turn. I won't use any names. There was a gentleman on the on the last uh drug church tour who needed to shave his fucking head. And every day we would tell him, like, hey man. You're very balding. Why don't you shave your fucking head? Why? Why? Why, why would you tell? <laughs> you don't think he knows that? Cruel and unusual punishment with uh, PRI. Jesus. Hold on. Let me. Let me. Let me tell. Hell. Let me. Hold on. Let me tell somebody else's story. Tom, you will enjoy this because it's in line with with your experience with these fellows. And I have a story after that. I was talking. I was talking to. I was talking to I, somebody that I know from from music was at one of the shows. He's shaved his head the last few years. And he said, do you know who, who broke me? You know who, who really delivered it to me? I said, no. He said, 
on tour with Sick of It All. Craig just comes uh. up and he goes, go. <laughs> Tom's already ready. <laughs> Craig comes up to me and says, you sensitive? And he goes, yeah, I guess. And he goes, that's fucked up because you're balding. <laughs> wow. That was my, I told you my story about that. <laughs> you did. I, I want to go on tour with Sick of It All just to get roasted. <laughs> Oh, dude, you think so? And then you're going to want to fucking fight them or fight you like or throw yourself or unalive yourself because it's fuck. Yeah, he dude, I'm sitting there fucking they're playing fucking. It was after like punk rock bowling or they were playing like the Stone Pony. And I'm like sitting there with like Jerry and like Tim Ensign. We're all eating pizza. And he goes, kid, it's over. I go, what? You got to shave your head. I go, what? He goes, you're bald. I go, no, I'm not. And he goes, nah, nah, yeah, kid, yeah. And I go, so now, and th- then he leaves, and I go, yeah, well, mate. Then I turn to the table. I go, none of you motherfuckers telling me I'm balding. They're like, you're not, you fucking idiot. Like, he's trying to get everyone to join his fucking parade. Like, <laughs> but how funny is that that he does this to people? <laughs> he mind. And then I went home, and I was like, I had the it's mirror. So I'm like, holy funny. shit, am I really? Like, did he see me at a certain angle that it's like, oh, you can see right? I'm like, holy shit, he did this to my buddy Mark. And, and like, and, and Yo, like, there's so there's there's a hand there's a handful of things like this, Tom. That Sociopathic it's, it's the, nonsense. It's the unseen. I had uh, I had a woman once say, "Oh, so do you you spit in the urinal before you pee?" Right? I was like, "What the fuck? No, why would I do that?" And she's like, "Oh, I." I just thought that's what that's what everybody does. Like you just you're supposed to like, yeah, were you looping it up? Like what are we I'm like, wait, what? No, she just and she just said this and I think it was one of those weird mental traps. And so then I remember next time I, I saddled up, I was like, I'm supposed to spit and I was like, All right. <laughs> you know I definitely spat urinals. That's that actually makes sense. It, but also, it's weird. Was- but then I was like, wait, and I mean I eventually got over, it, but I I still thought about it. I was like, I think that was some Jedi mind trick shit right there. I mean, if you like, if you really want to get cracked, and then like Pat will be, ne- you'll never be able to tour with Pat again because I feel like they do this. Like I think it, it, there's like a hierarchy in New York hardcore of like the bands that have fucked with each other. That like then you go on towards sick like AF for early on early adopters of like we're gonna break you down and rebuild you. Then like Sick of It All does that like they did that to us and like whatever. So we. This is not. This is something to do with Craig, but not to do with hair. He, we all go. They're recording a record on Staten Island, which if any New Yorkers are like, what? At uh, our friend Jerry worked at a studio that was in um, Steven Seagal's former mansion. Fuck, beautiful, like incredible. Damn. They fly this dude Tui Madsen over, who like worked on like the Haunted and like at the Gates and all sort of stuff. Um. So, you know, they invite a bunch of us to come over and do backups or whatever. I leave. And um, uh, Craig, I, next time I see Craig, he goes, you that's fucked up what you did, man. I go, what? And he goes, you shit all over the wall? I go, <laughs> what? He goes, yeah. He's like, dude, so, like, now this is like a house. It's not like a shitty studio. It's like a beautiful house. Like the drums are in the middle of this like palatial living room that you can see the Atlantic Ocean, right? And he goes, I mean, you, you, sh- you shit all over the wall. I go, do you, you think I shit on the wall? <laughs> <laughs> it's all and he goes, strange. 
And he goes, I don't know, man. Someone went in there. It was like shit all over the wall. And you were one of the only people that went in there. And I was like, well, I followed up. Someone came in right after me. And it was this, this woman. And I'm like, well, it could have been her. And they're like, nah, I think it was you. I think you shit on the wall. <laughs> and like, Pretty if good. I wasn't like fucking like mentally strong enough, I would have been like, oh, my God, maybe I did shit on the wall. Like, he would have like fucking like. Like how the cops do, like you did this, right? You broke, you know, like even though like the kids like 100 innocent, and they go like, "Come on, you took yeah. the candy. Come now on, would be, now would be that's the what he did." Candy. Yeah, it's yeah. like yeah. you diarrhea on the wall of this palatial estate. Like, what are we? What are we doing here? I'll skip ahead. Um. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Who shit during the turnstile set? <laughs> Do we think that will ever be re- revealed, or do we do we think are we still the believer that the uh, the murderer is in the house, the phantom shitter? I th- mm. I think the call is coming from inside the house, but I I That's will right. say that I hope I hope that somebody on their deathbed uh, pulls their wife <sighs> and and says I know it's me. I did, it was I did me. It. I want them to know it was me. Yeah, yeah. I am the shitter. Yeah. What if it um, became a thing? I mean, yo, I, I'm shocked. Like that. I mean, everybody's talking about real bay shit. That's real bay shit. Well, here's my thing. What would happen if it would happen to be like the person's like, you know what? Fuck it. I can't live like this. It's been hanging over my head for a year and it ends up being like the best looking person on the stage. Uh, I think that could like happen. if it's like someone who's not you know like if it's like the best looking what'd you say Ben I think, I think could that happen. could happen I think that could happen I, th- I think that's we might find out something like that that it's like I, I was like this person never like more lively than we're making poop jokes guys just as a, a heads up I, yeah, I also I, I'm not going to say I have any insider information on this I'm just going to say that I think I do and I, I think it's I think it's a good looking fella just rolled down the pant leg. I think it happens. Like you think they have like because someone else would be too self conscious to be like I can't be the fucking pooper. I don't think anybody. But if it's like someone who's like or a pretty woman that was just like yo, I had Del Taco. Fuck it. I so it takes a real type of clout, e- 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 like a person that is either completely indifferent to criticism or a clout monster to take credit for for pooping on a on a live music stage <laughs> so i i don't know who it's going to be maybe somebody will feel guilt over time i think if it had gotten like super smeared we would have more of a you know there'd be some guilt but i think that like like photos of people running out of the show in horror with poop smeared on their faces <laughs> like, or like people like oh it's on my it's all over me yeah. yeah like this was just like a solid it could have been like a baby ruth Okay, <laughs> we're not topping the Baby Ruth comment, so let's keep it moving. Um, this one was a good one. Did Walter write that Civ record or what? Yeah, yeah. I yes. mean, I think that's public knowledge at this point. He wrote set. And he was, yeah, it was, it was contractual stuff. Yeah, he did not write the next one. 
Uh, um, I'm, as I'm sure you're surprised. 24 hour, whatever, something or another, 48 hour, 24 hour getaway, something like that. Uh, but he wrote set your record goals. Like 24 hours. No. <laughs> Sorry, I spent a week um, in that record one day. Um, <laughs> it felt like 24 hours. Um, yeah, no, he yeah he wrote the first one, and there was some kind of like because he was on island, I think, for quicksand, and this was coming out on Atlantic. Was it lava? Maybe. Lava, yeah, lava, Atlantic. Lava. So I think you know it was one of those things that was like, um, who else was like? It, this has happened to like Hazen Street, who just played Asbury Park over the weekend. They, they did. Chad Whoa. Ball, yeah, Chad Ball played on the record and wrote the record or helped write the record, but mm. wasn't allowed to be in the band. That's right. Oh, that's right. So he's not promoted as like he's not in the band. Like, but he wrote the record, probably played on the record, and he's not listed in the credits. And he's not allowed to play with them live because of the it, fucking weird fucking contract um, label contract stuff. Yeah. So, dude, Pat, it was H2O, Madball, and Hazen Street at uh, and Powerhouse, Powerhouse, OB, and Powerhouse. That's right. Shout out Casey. Shout out. Casey's in the band. My no, boy yeah. Chris Powerhouse, we toured with lovely, uh, great dudes, great dudes. Um, Powerhouse got yeah, a they, lot of play in Bricktown, Tom. Oh, fuck yeah. Strangely. We played with them in New York. Yeah, good band. Played with Germany. Yeah, it's a great band. Great band. Really fucking great bunch of dudes. But they, uh, yeah, I guess they did. Um, they played. Yeah, Hazen Street played for the first time. God knows how long. And yeah, I mean, Mackie played drums with them. Mm. Mm. He didn't play at the park, but he played drums with them. And he's still the coolest mm. dude on, on. He played sideways on the stage. He's like. Well, shout out, Mackie. He's going shelter he's got style. Cool style. Oh, dude. All right, cool. are we seeing a crowd killing resurgence? <clears throat> We're seeing a headwalk resurgence, which I uh, should have seen coming. Uh, crowd killing, I haven't witnessed, but maybe could be. I could see that. But I mean, a resurgence. I feel like it's been going for a while. No, I'd say it, it waned for a while. I would say that we were at peak peak uh, crowd killing. What, like 2010? Would that be right? Uh, you think? And, huh. and now I think that we are in, well, I'm bad with every single fucking time. It might be, might've been 2006, but whatever the fucking point the, mm-hmm. the, uh, w- w- we were, I, I, I used to see a great deal more of it and now, but maybe music has changed slightly. Like I, I don't know. I can't fucking crowd kill to, I don't know what the, <laughs> I you can, can crowd, crowd kill, kill the pain of truth. You can crowd I've kill the never ending game. You can crowd which kill my, the gridiron. Which, yes, by yeah. the way, Tom, I went and watched the gridiron live. <laughs> it's, it's fucking good. great. It's good. You're not wrong. It's really good. You're not wrong. It's just. It's, it's very impressive. It's mm. just really, really solidly delivered heavy hardcore with rap cadence vocals over the entire fucking songs. <laughs> it's really good. Right. There's no like stop. It's amazing. And like you know what? Quite <laughs> honestly, I'll take rap cadences over songs almost over a lot of stuff. Oh, I mean, look, if you it's can, not like rappy per se. It's rappy, no, but he's like in a hardcore voice, bouncing. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. love that because it's it's something new. Yeah, I, I was not mad at it at all. No, but no. the record's really good. I'm telling you. But you're, uh, uh, yes, you're right. You can crowd kill to all of those, uh, and you can crowd kill to Gulch to an to an extent as well. Uh, but stuff like Drain, I can't crowd kill to that. You, know you can crowd I mean? kill to whatever you want if you put your mind to it. <laughs> No, so I think I the answer you. is yes. We are seeing crowd kill resurgence for better or worse. Yeah. 
uh, be careful with the drug church fans. They'll have bird bones. Okay. Um, True. Moshing with a messenger bag, yes or no? I'm going to say no. Bo- uh, book baggy or, or uh, I always call them book ba- backpack. Thank you. Um, Me too. A backpack. School bag. I actually, yo, I think that might be a regional thing. I call them book bags and, and people would get weird at me. Like, you mean the backpack? I'm like, yeah, same thing. I'm like, no, not the same thing. That's weird. But here's my, here's my thing. The people that correct you and I on yeah. that, uh, I, same situation. I've been corrected dozens of times in my life. They've never used or even seen a book bag. That's a British no. schoolboy thing. That like yes. they, Why would you get defensive over me calling yes. this a backpack? Correct. You've never even seen a book bag. Yes. Come on. Um, Tom, moshing with a messenger bag, yes or no? Um, the only person that's allowed to do is Puerto Rican Mike from District 9. Mm. And he does, he does it so well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, that, yeah. I mean, literally. Yeah, I'm gonna give this. Story from the, yeah. I'm gonna give it a tentative yes, but you have to be a really high level. You have to be good enough moshing that you can mosh with an accessory that's intent is not to injure, but to make you look even cooler. And you have to look right. cool to start with. But I feel like you might like if it's not full with stuff because you don't want it. You know, if you don't want to hurt anybody, like it could go sideways, and then like your hockey fighting yourself, it goes yes. over your vision. Yes. Like I feel like there's too many things going on, like that you can't really. Um, you got to be careful because you can't. So you you, you probably want to wear it a little tight, but you don't want to wear it too tight because then you're gonna look you like t- you got to strap it. Yeah, you're gonna look like the the dude who plays the bass like up at his nipples. You know what I mean? You yes. don't want to do that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's it's a hard it's a hard style and it's a hard style because it's hard to pull off. So, um, and do you ever watch the New York Harker documentary and they tell the story when he Mike tells the story of him stage diving with his backpack on and it opens and he stole all the towels from the backstage area? Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. That's the like, maybe, like, like fresh. Part. It's the greatest fucking story. Yeah, him and, and Todd the kid are probably the best part of that entire Todd documentary. The kid. All right, a slightly different tone here. Why won't Dijon do a breakdown reunion? I mean, I think he did a long time ago, right? Like, I feel like they've they've done. I, mean, I think a they few. go back and forth between yeah. the, the demo and the and the Dijon era. I think they've done that already, haven't they? Yeah, they have. They have for sure. I don't. I why, think it'll happen. Yeah, if, if, if all things come to pass, just give it time. Uh, this one is a nice one. This is a, a good one for our buddy. Our 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 Perth pal Pat's workout retra- Pat's workout routine dudes looking like if Sean McCabe found creatine wow I'll leave it there he does look good I watched a video of him recently I was like look at PK Patty Gaines no it's all it's all in my arms and shoulders and my and my tummy just refuses to go away I'm getting very agitated I might have to just embrace like getting wide and Dad bod. Just being like okay i've got a thick little thing going on here pk or i mean you know you could like run from dingoes <clears throat> i've started running uh, so what's the farthest you guys have run in recent memory recent memory run uh I mean, like a, yeah a, a jog a, and my job oh like a mile i did a mile not long ago okay so i used to do I, 5ks before yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so so i but just that, i mean i remember it it wasn't recent memory but i do remember doing it <laughs> <laughs> i uh i i've i'm really obsessed with my weight right now i'm not happy with it so mm-hmm. i've uh, i've started running in the high heat as much as i can <laughs> just to sweat and uh through the through the dingo patch and uh i'm at three miles but the goal is five and 
Mm-hmm. The people, there's people that do this like it's no thing. It's easy. I hate all of you. It's not Fuck easy. Fuck those people. Running sucks. How, fa- <laughs> how, how fast are you trying to go? Are you trying to go fast? What are you doing? Right now, you have no idea how slow I am. I, uh, no, like, it's okay. I, I look, I look positively geriatric with like zero apologies. I look like an old man, and I just say "fuck it." I'm just, I'm just. Hey Pat, can I make it. um, please? Can I make a suggestion for a fellow paunchy like hmm. I? <laughs> Not that you're paunchy, I'm paunchy. Um, have you done Couch to Five K? No. So it's an app. And I recommend this to anyone who's like looking to like because running is like incredibly daunting mm. to a lot of folks. Yes, and it literally what you do, Pat. Like you, it'll say like walk a block, run a block, and you you do that for a couple of days. Then it'll switch it and be like run nonstop for three blocks, walk for a block, and then it builds you up. That over the course of like two months, you're running five miles, like uh, nonstop. I will download it and try it because anything that makes like when I got to three miles, I was deeply impressed with myself. And then I said, God, achievement is such a pathetic thing because Mm. if you take it in context, this is the saddest mountain anybody's ever scaled. (laughs) So I mean, it's still still probably more than most people do. But then you realize like, so our future guest, uh, Ben Gibbard, Mm. he runs a hundred miles. Fuck. Like he'll like bang out like a thirty-five mile or like just mm-hmm. shits and gigs. You know what? Yeah. Can I can I say can I say this respectfully to our our man uh, uh, BG? Uh, he can afford to. Yeah. I, 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 motherfuckers that can give more than an hour and a half to fitness a day. Mm. Do you not have? Well, jobs? that's true. What's going well, on? Well, I mean, yeah, he's a. Song I wonder how writer, far Ben Folds what? runs. He might run I like three hundred miles. I bet he runs. He might. He'd be like, uh, I'm a brick and I'm dying slowly. Yeah. Um, but I, I think a lot of people use finish it. this 5K. <laughs> I think a lot of people um, use that. Like, you know, if they have addictive personalities and stuff, they cut out, you know. Like yeah, that's right. BG is a, you know, is, is sober. But, he, you know, he was a drinker at one point. Which I mean is very clear. It's not like I'm not telling, like, not that I have his inside story, yeah. but like he's been very clear about that. But like in in lieu of like you know he just like turned around and was like, well now I run instead of drinking. Yeah, and like this dude does like ultra marathons, which like blows my fucking mind. Like, so it's so yeah, three miles is good. Three miles is still better than probably ninety percent of the population. So that's like, right. you, you might that's right. nothing to frown upon. So so I uh, the other day last I guess it was last Wednesday, uh, I I had I played one on one against probably a twenty three or twenty four year old guy. I lost. We only played to five because I was dying, exhaustive. But uh, I, I only lost. It was a respectable loss, and I hit a really nice mid-range jumper and a floater over the dude. Um, and it was like, a, oh, yeah, that was a good run. It was good. So um, my my next training thing, Pat, you should try it. And I might have talked about it on here is, um, is sprint training oh, where gosh. you go to a track. So a track, if you go around it, I don't know if it's different in Australia, but it's probably the same. It's a quarter mile. It's the opposite. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a quarter mile, but you go backwards. Um, <laughs> it's a quarter mile. The str- so you sprint the straights and you, you jog or walk the curves. 
but it okay. it's a different type of training. It's a different type of uh, uh, of undulation for your body, and that's kind of what that one on one game made me feel like. Because it's moments where you just have to spring into speed, mm. and good lord, my entire body felt like it was throbbing. And like you know, yesterday I walked eight miles. Um, I, I will walk really far distances. I've got good endurance. I could probably run a 5K right now, but I'd be slow. Um, but doing the sprint training is what I want to be able to do because it's nice to be able to have that burst. Uh, and then I also start doing 300 sit-ups a day. I did that for a oh, while last nice. year. I, I, I fell off my I fell off the bike on it, so I got to get back on. 300 um, a day. 300 a day. Um, not... Not row. easy, but you can break it up into se- into quadrants. So I would do, I'd do a hundred, then fifty, then a hundred, then fifty, um, and it would just you know you just kind of power through. It ha- it definitely it definitely put my stomach in a better space. I'll tell you that. Mm. So uh, no, let's let's get it, guys. All right. Um, let's see. I only have a few more for this episode. Um, why did Jade Tree just fade away? How is Ebolition still alive? Two different questions. So let's talk about the, Jade those Tree. Those are first. compelling questions. Yeah. Why did yeah. Jade Tree just fade away? From what I can tell, I think Epitaph just bought the label. So Epitaph bought the rights to all the music and and I guess the the name and everything, yes. But yeah. Jade Tree had been largely inactive. They had a couple small releases. Um to my the knowledge, were hot. Yeah. To my knowledge, uh, both the folks who ran Jade Tree ended up doing different things. Um, and just on a purely speculative, no insider knowledge, Jade Tree was a feast or famine during the CD era. Yes. Yes, they did CD or yes, they did vinyl, but they made their bones doing CDs, and. There was a time in the mid 2000s where vinyl wasn't popping again fully yet, and CDs were quickly like literally record companies would be calling CD pressing plants and be like, "Yo, we I know we placed that order six weeks ago. Did it go yet? Cut it in half." Like that level of how quickly it was moving from from, hey, we're selling CDs to hey, we don't sell CDs anymore. Um, and <laughs> the digital landscape hadn't been figured out, and the two models of how to do things were radically different. Um, and so J Tree likely fell victim to that in a lot of ways. And then I have an answer too. Yeah. Oh, please. Yeah, I go. I, I was just because I was curious. I wanted to yeah. look to see what their last, last their last like release was, or whatever. Yep. So like middle years, ninety seven to two thousand eight was like huge. So the, they had Alcon Trio, Pedro the Lion, Jets of Brazil, Joan of Arc. With, they had the Promise Ring. They had a ton of shit going on. Then it says downsizing two thousand nine to two thousand thirteen, which is right in the area that you're talking. Yep. When key distributor Touch and Go Records downsized in two thousand nine. J Tree scaled down too. This led to a lessening of frequency of the frequency of new releases from the label. Then they put all their stuff up on Bandcamp. Yeah. Um, they signed in 2015, they signed a band called Dogs on Acid, which probably shows you why they're not around anymore. Um, and then Epitaph purchased the label in 2017 and now reissuing the entire back catalog on vinyl. Yeah, slowly but surely they're getting those records out there again. Yep. I'm trying to uh, see like what the last like release was. 
Well, here's what I'm going to say. I think that uh, Jade Tree, to their credit and probably to their detriment, I think they put out they wanted to put out things that they legitimately thought were cool and correct. I think that I think that that comes with a cost. Correct. Uh, but, Right, because cool changes, and your your idea of it may not. Well, that, that's a and B. They're not taken. Okay, um, two things, real quick. If if you know a small label that has transitioned from the CD era to the vinyl era and is still around, you should tip your hat to them <laughs> because it is. It was not easy. There was a lot of pain for a lot of a lot of people. Uh, yes, and. It, it was uh, it was messy, uh, so there was there was uh, and we could go back even further and talk about some of the smaller distributors that lumberjack and, and yes. yeah that will that those also get messy because sometimes when those fold they they fold owing people a lot of money. There's a whole thing there we could get yeah. into it sometime yes. with, with the with the experts, but uh, those were all people making decent middle-class incomes at one point off of things that they started in their dorm rooms. And then all, what must have felt like overnight, they were kind of like wiped off the map. <laughs> and it, it, it was probably really frustrating and scary. And a lot of them moved on to other uh, ventures in life. So respect to the labels that have survived. But another but I think thing- of also Pat to, 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 bat, to, I'm sorry, to piggyback on that Please. as, as quick as they like went away, like, Dizzy's, like you said, started in, you know, in a fucking dorm room or whatever. Then they were selling hundreds of thousands of records. Yes. Oh, and uh, then all of a sudden it was like, or close, you know? Yeah, yeah, no question. I mean, and and like combined. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like if the fucking if the Promise Ring and Aquiline Trio and somebody else put out a record in a year, you sold a couple (laughs) hundred thousand records. Yeah, that's true. That's true. What what Avail Records came out on uh, uh, on J Tree? I I think that. There's a lot of records on JTree that sold real numbers when CDs were a thing. There, there's no doubt oh, yeah. about that. No question. Alkaline Trio, they had um, – what was the other one that I – well, they had from Ashes Rise, which was always the cool outlier. But yes. Kid Dynamite. Kid Dynamite, li- Lifetime. You know, they, they had a lot. Is, um, yeah. If you haven't deep dove into the JG catalog, you really should. It's a really fun ride. There's a lot of stuff – that um, you will like. There's a lot of stuff that you might not like, and you'll probably hear something you haven't heard. Uh, and it's it's a worthwhile time. I think <clears throat> Pat kind of nailed it. They put out what they liked and what they wanted. They put out the the first fucked up LP, Hidden World, um, which was a really kind of uh, out there move at the time. It was like surprising. Like, wait, this band was just putting out records on Deranged and Havoc, and now the record's coming out on Jade Tree? weird but, but, you know but bob i i think that uh a thing not only was it maybe uh outside the box in some respects it was also at that moment a big get fucked no quite no no question fucked up was burning hot at that time so, so yes was, I, I remember big get <laughs> yeah. um i think famously they've said that they I, mean, I uh, well, I don't want to talk out of turn. Everybody thinks I got beef with fucked up. We're not going to say shit. <laughs> Go on. Um, uh, so, major respect to Jade Tree. We'll do more Jade Tree talk at some time. I, I think all three a lot of, of us great kind of like it. Yeah, a lot of great records. Um, Ebullition. How has Ebullition survived? Really quick. One, their website is the same since 15 years ago. It's crazy. Two, it's still updated weekly. It's crazy. Three, low overhead. 
Yeah. Uh, very consistent, very reliable, and retailers who work with Abolition have no reason to use anyone else. Um, and just having a small, very do-it-yourself mentality, uh, as much love and flowers as we just threw at Jade Tree, let me just throw those to Abolition as a distribution as well. Like, just incredible. Incredible. Um, I don't know how many people have ever worked there. If you go to the Ebolition website, you can probably read all about it. Um, but as far as I know, it's never been more than a two, three, or maybe four-person operation. Yeah. yeah. Run and out I mean, of the house you, in Goleta, you know? Good on you. Right. And I mean, they were the go-to and probably still are for a lot of stuff Facts. that you couldn't get through, like, quote-unquote, mainstream distros. Yeah. I mean... right. Synonymous with synonymous with getting all the punk um, stuff out there, and and that's all the punk vinyl that you could imagine, and that's to big distros, that's to small distros, that's to the you know kid who buys some records and has them in his squat, you know, that's to the mid-sized to bigger record stores too. Just Abolition was was and is a very reliable distro, really cool. Does Art Attack still exist? No, not no. To my knowledge. No, stop publishing and some years ago. <laughs> but yes, if you would like one. to get a heart attack shirt, I think they made some not long ago. So rep <laughs> for heart attack. All issues of heart attack are now available in PDF form from the heart attack archive. That's right. Yeah. That tracks. Keeping it real. Um that is fucking wild that you can go back and <laughs> wait heart every heart attack, yeah. Maybe this can be the the final thing here uh, depending on how much you guys have to expand mm. on this do you guys listen to dark throne at all no no like okay so i have very very little have interest. i yet okay no, I think, so i, I have black metal yeah i have very little interest in black metal but uh just on kind of a whim i listened uh to uh, a dark throne record the other day because it came as a suggestion of like no this is where they scaled back to sounding just like four track. Like it, it's, it's almost, uh, it's not punk in, in my view, but it's, it's, uh, it's really basic. And I said, Oh, maybe I could give that a try. <clears throat> and I liked what I heard or whatever. I'm, I'm about to go pretty deep on it, but did you, are you guys aware that they, they tried, I guess later to become more punk and that they've released multiple records that are, references to punk music in this way that is completely bizarre and old sounding and like, like so like <laughs> they have like hold on i'm just gonna i'm just going to uh read this to you and a lot of our listeners love this shit so they're like you know the, to them this is all whatever like dirt, yeah. yeah exactly but <laughs> dark thrones and black flags is their record where i guess they just went like full on like yeah, we're just a punk metal band now, which is oh, so no. fucking crazy. <laughs> like, because I, I did was you watch like, that, that documentary? Uh, the until uh, the until the light no, takes us. No, no, I read the one book from years ago, but I I I'm, did not watch the documentary. I don't think it's actually worth watching because I watched it just because I was like, what the fuck is the deal with the shit? Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, oh, you chose for it to sound like it's like a beeper vibrating on a glass table, like that's. That's what you went for. Wow. Like you had options. Like, and then you're like, 
not, you know, we can't make it sound good because that's against like it's antithetical to what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. But the dude from Dark Throne is in it, this dude Fenris. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like he's one of the only people in that movie that I was like, yeah, I'd hang out this dude. <laughs> I don't like, know. He's like a you... regular yeah. <laughs> like a regular dude, comparatively. The other book, the other one, the, the whatever book you, I can't think of the name of it, but it's the one that Macaulay Culkin's little brother was in. They made the movie of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that one, I, uh, uh, Lords of Chaos. Um, well, yes. I mean, the stories are crazy. It's like, oh, this guy like shot himself a hen, and then they cook part of his brain, and this guy's walking around with like a piece of his like skull in an amulet. It's like, oh, cool. All right, I'm gonna listen to AF. Yeah. It- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. By the time we hit amulets, I'm I'm on the AF train as well. You ever uh, see that story though? Like, there's I forget. It's like oh, the guy yeah. dead. What the fuck? It's yeah, all yeah, this yeah. fucking. Yeah. It's, it, you know, it's but it's like stupid. yeah, like they they didn't call anybody first, and then they they made a stew of his brain, and then they took shards of his fucking forehead to you know. And I was like, oh, sick. Yo, cool. You know what's dope? <laughs> Liberty and justice. See you later. Everybody, <laughs> listen to AF. What's up? This is Riz from Hong Kong. I run a website called UniteAsia.org, sing in a band called King Lai Chi, play guitar in a band called Dagger. I'm sending in my pit report from out here in Asia, um, from the greatest venue on the planet, my living room. Um, That's because Hong Kong, we're still stuck with our COVID restrictions, so shows aren't going on. Uh, We can't really travel outside of Hong Kong, so we're all kind of stuck here. Um, having said that, though, there are countries around Asia where shows are back. Um, Philippines, Thailand, Malaysia, Singapore, um, Indonesia has been like nonstop. Um, Japan, of course. So my pit report's really just me sitting in my living room watching all these crazy, amazing full set live videos that have been going up. Um, by amazing companies like Savannah Studio in Nepal, um, uh, against uh, the wall in Malaysia. You know, think Audio Tree, think Hate Five Six, that style where people are going out of their way to capture their local scene, capture their local bands. So here are a couple of videos that I love. Um, the first one I'm starting with is a band called Strangle out of Nepal. And I was talking about earlier that Savannah Studio Group uh, puts bands into like a studio environment. And then records it all live, great audio, multicam video. Uh, the band is very New York hardcore, metallic hardcore style out in Nepal. They rule. Uh, the second one is uh, the one um, that Against the Wall has just released. It's their first video that they've put up, and they're highly inspired by 856. They put up a video for a melodic hardcore band called Kids on the Move out of Malaysia. Great band. Um, again, similar, very, very, very good audio, um, multicam, and it's a it's a live show, so you know you can see the, what, what how the Malaysian scene go kind of goes off for their local bands. On the Malaysia front, there's also another video by um, Malaysian hardcore band called Restraint, who are celebrating their 22nd year anniversary. Uh, that live video is super sick because they've interspersed the video with photos of how they formed and stuff like that from their 22 year history. Uh, the band is highly uh, influenced by Hatebreed and Throwdown, and it's in this full set live video. It's pretty cool. They do a Hatebreed tribute, three songs, and they do a Throwdown cover as well, which is sick. Definitely go check that out. Super sick. Um, another great band from Indonesia this time is called Under 18, a very hardcore punk kind of band. They've got a lot of Oi influence. Think about, you know, think Sick of It All, AF, that style. 
And uh, this video is super cool because it's also a full set live video, but the band has like taken over like a clothing store. So super rad to watch them just kind of go bananas inside a inside a clothing store. And the people that actually handle the audio and the video are called Barak Media out of Indonesia. They did a, they did a great job. Super good video. So much fun to watch. And under eighteen or just like just that happy type of hardcore punk that just smiles. I mean, I'm looking at it right now. Even the band members have got smiles from ear to ear. So check them out. Under 18 has been around for a long time, 25 years of Indonesian hardcore. Super, super sick. Um, other shows that have been going on in other places, we've got um, in the Philippines. Uh, shows have been back since April. A lot of shows scheduled for May. Um, a video that I like a lot is uh, this band called Clean Slate, very youth crew, melodic, hardcore style band. Uh, they recently put up a live, a full set live video, which is so much fun to watch. Uh, you know, the audience going bananas as well. Uh, in Saudi Arabia, grindcore band called Creative Waste, very, very technical grindcore band. I think they took over some sort of art space or a record store or something. So they're playing inside a small, pretty confined space, but they go off. Um, it's super cool to see Saudi Arabia with, you know, grindcore and metal and hardcore and stuff like that going off there. In Thailand, you've got this great band called Yugoslavia, a post-hardcore band. The band is just known for chaos, complete chaos. They'll throw their instruments into the audience. They'll jump inside the audience. Um, the one time the bassist climbed up like a second floor balcony space in the venue and he jumped off and when he landed he broke both his ankles had to be carried away uh the band is so good uh especially live they're so good so if you're into like that whole every time i die converge blast beats uh just complete utter chaos uh, you love this band uh so they just put up a full set live video a uh, sick band. Um, other places people don't really consider are uh, places like Cambodia and Vietnam. In Cambodia, shows are back as well. So this metal band called Nightmare AD just put up a couple clips. Cool to see the the audience there eat it up. Um, and Vietnam too. Vietnam is going off. Uh, the scene is so explosive there. And recently they've had a lot of shows. So you know, they had a beatdown band called Elbow uh, Drop. He just played their debut show. Great video. And then uh, one of my favorites, crossover thrash band called Cut Lawn, who all dress up in uh, Pikachu outfits. Uh, they just released a full set live video. It was so good. Audio, video, everything is perfect. Uh, the, the audience is just losing their minds again. So it's been super sick to watch all of these places kind of go crazy. Um, so yeah, that's my pit report. Um, if you want to watch any of these videos... Uh, just hit up my website called uniteasia.org. Just type the names in uh, the search box or just spend time looking through the site and just checking out the bands that we've got, the scene that we have out here. Maybe I'll just put all these videos in one um, post on, uh, on on the site. Just, it'll just be called like something like Axe to Grind Asian Pit Report or something like that. All right, thanks for listening. Peace. Alright, what's up, uh, Axe to Grind? Um, back again for a pit report. This is your boy from SoCal, Chris. Uh, letting you guys know what happened on these, uh, April 28th and April 30th, uh, when we had the terror, uh, show with Mind Force, Dead Heat, uh, and special guest Outburst, and each night having a, a sweet ass band, uh, covering that's, uh, representing LA Hardcore also. So starting us off, it was Thursday, April 28th at 1720 LA. Definitely a super awesome uh, fucking venue. Check them out whenever you're in LA. It seems to be like popping off right now. Good shows going all the time there. 
But uh, the night started with Dead Heat. They were uh, good, you know, bringing that uh, 805 hardcore down to L.A., representing for them. They're good shit again. Uh, a little early, so didn't get as much action as usual. Then next up was Mind Force, the fucking Hudson Bay guys holding it down. Fucking great-ass set. Even did a Marauder cover, which was uh, pretty fucking badass, truthfully. Everyone went crazy for that. Uh, next up was Outburst, you know, the special, special guest coming out. You know, representing for that New York hardcore, which uh, they were really sick, man. I mean, uh, you know, they're a little bit older guys, but fucking holding it down. Had a lot of guys in the crowd that were, you know, a little bit on the older side, uh, you know, fucking still pitting, still stage diving. I mean, it was a big surprise for me. I'm mid 30s and I, I can't be holding it down like that no more. Uh, props to those guys. Um, but what was sick was uh, at the night. They uh, they covered uh, Power Trips uh, Swing of the Axe, which was uh, kind of a uh, a surprise from them. I mean, uh, they fucking held it down really awesome. I mean, it was great. Everyone went crazy for it again. Uh, the next up was some really good L.A. Uh, hardcore. You know, you got Strife coming out. These dudes just fucking holding it down. I mean, getting the mad love from uh, their hometown. Great set. And then uh, closing out that night was Terror. I mean, you know. LA hardcore at its greatest. I mean, if you don't like terror, I don't know what the fuck you're into, but you need to get your shit straight. That's for damn sure. So uh, uh, they did a great uh, set. Young Gov came out, did a little uh, little cameo, singing along a little bit, taking over the mic from uh, Scott. And I uh, just wanted to give a shout out to the the guy that was climbing up on the rafters, getting the security pissed off there. Uh, it was a nice little uh, video. I mean, he made the the set a little bit cooler, you know, so that was a, a great show there, 1720, uh, and then I went to the Saturday show, because you can't just see them once, you got to see it twice if they're in the local area, and this one was uh, April 30th at the Garden Amp, uh, which is cool, it's an outdoor venue area um, on the bigger side where they're playing, uh, you know, we got there, Pull Your Card was playing, uh sadly uh i forgot who the first band was supposed to be but pull your card came through last minute and uh was you know trying to hold it down you know some more la hardcore right there uh you know early in the day so not many people were really getting the crowd moving uh sadly but uh i do want to say a shout out to the singer and the drummer man after their set these dudes were in the fucking pit holding it down back and forth making so much crazy uh stage dives i mean moshing just you know, it's good when you see bands holding it down for the other bands on the on the bill. So um, then next up was Dead Heat. I mean, these guys, uh, it seemed like everyone had a little bit more energy for the Saturday show than they did for the Thursday show. Um, but, you know, Dead Heat brought some crazy pit action. Uh, actually got to see some dude get knocked the fuck out, which, you know, sorry for him. I mean, welcome to the pit, bro. Uh, but he, he actually bled out all over my homie shirt, which kind of sucked. But uh you know, ain't nothing that a little bit of water can't fix up. And then uh, next up, Mind Force, dude. These guys, I mean, again, bringing it. Fucking Hudson Valley, dude. Just fucking great-ass hardcore. Um, you know, sadly, Jason, uh, the singer, was starting to lose his voice. So he kept trying to get people to come and do as much singing as possible. Uh, you know, and I uh, want to do a shout-out to his dog because he said, man, I fucking miss him on this little tour we're doing. So he wants to get home uh, and see him and everything. And, you know, shout out to the dog, bro. You know, that's the family member that we always got to show some love for. And then next up was Outburst. 
again. So these dudes were, uh, again, great fucking set. I mean, these dudes are, are really fucking awesome. I mean, they, they brought a lot of energy, a little bit more, it seemed like, on Saturday than Thursday. And, uh, again, did another Power Trip cover, the same, uh, you know, swing of the axe. Got everyone super hyped up again. And then it was really cool because uh, Singer actually gave a, a quick shout-out to Riley since it was his birthday that day. So, you know, uh, rest in power, Riley. You know, we all love you and everything. So, and then closing out the night again was terror. And I mean, holy shit. I mean, LA coming and destroying fucking Orange County, bro. It was freaking awesome. You know, Scott, I, I mean, he has got to be one of the greatest front men out there. This dude just holds it down, just getting everyone wanting to get into the pit, you know, encouraging stage dives back and forth just getting everyone pumped up i mean uh they had you know amazing set dude just fucking awesome and they finished of course with the uh, keepers of the faith which i've seen now is the biggest fucking chant along with people on stage where literally more than half of the stage is just filled with with people dude just fucking chanting along and uh, shout out to Jason from Mind Force and uh, Chris, the basis of Terror, dude. They were fucking stage diving on top of everyone on the stage. I mean, it was uh, it was a hell of a fucking scene, bro. Especially with that bass still in his hand. I mean, that's some crazy stuff right there. And uh, again, I want to give a, a big shout out to uh, Amy XVX Carla, you know, on Instagram, and then Ola Soy Keto also on Instagram. And uh, Shutter Happy Jose. I mean, these are some of the some of the fucking SoCal photographer videographers holding it down out there. That you know they got some great shots. If you have a chance, go check them out and see how that, uh, especially the Saturday show went. But uh, yeah, just wanted to let you guys know how uh, Terror was. I mean, like I said, if you don't listen to Terror, I don't know what the fuck hardcore you're listening to. So uh, get up on it. So. Well, that's enough from me, guys. You guys have a fucking great one. And, uh, yeah, I'll be back with some more pit reports as uh, time goes on. Much love to you guys. Axe to grind. See you later. Hey, yo, what up? This is Benji from Ventura, California, slash 805, the Pearl of America. Just calling you guys to send you a pit report for terror, outburst, retaliate, and dead heat. Um, this happened May 1st in Oxnard at the Oxnard Performing Arts Center. This was the last date for uh, Terror's record release weekend for the new record, Pain Into Power. Um, they took out Mind Force and Dead Heat. And uh, man, it was just what a weekend. I did go to the show in Los Angeles. And, you know, just really quickly, that is Terror's hometown. And of course, people are going to show up and show out for them. Um, it's, they're just, you know such an incredible special thing for us to be witnessing um and you know seeing them in la is just a, it's a surreal experience uh strife was also on that show um but mind force and strife did not play the oxnard date uh, i was a little bit sad th that i didn't get to see um mind force in my hometown but you know that's how it is and i can't be too greedy uh, i did get to see them but they are such an incredible band i can't wait to hear new material you know i don't know what they have up their sleeve but you know it's going to be good and strife you know they're also somewhat like local um to the 805 because you know they have thousand oaks 
roots and stuff. So it was nice to see them in Los Angeles. But this is about Oxnard. This is about Ventura County. This is about the 805. And, um, you know, it was just a special night. Dead Heat opened up the show. They are family. They are our heroes. You know, they are the current kings of Nardcore. Um, I can't really say anything that hasn't already been said about them. Uh, you know, I, Tara could not have picked a better band to come out and do this with them, especially a California band, a Southern California band. Um, but yeah, we are so proud of them. They've been doing a lot of cool things. Like they just finished that tour in November uh, with uh, Municipal Waste and Crowbar. And that was a really cool experience. Um, and they've done a bunch of stuff in between then and now, and they still got Europe coming up in June. Like, man, Dead Heat is fucking killing it. And, you know, their new songs are sounding really good. But yeah, they brought everybody out. Everybody's slamming, getting their dance on. You know, they got their little shimmies going. Um, and so that was really rad. We have, you know, we are very much all about all ages. And so we have such a huge range of people going to shows and doing their thing. So that was a really nice opener. Second up, we had Retaliate. They are also um, a local band, definitely a Southern California band, um, but they've been doing it forever, and they share members uh, of In Control, Vendetta, and No Motive, and so, you know, a lot of these guys, some of these guys have been doing it since, like, the mid-90s, early 2000s, and so, you know, it's, again, it's like a spectrum of ages in that band, uh, but we love them, they are our, you know, our OGs in this music thing in our area, and whenever they play it's just always such a treat to have them so you know having them open up for outburst and terror was just like perfect um then third up outburst man that was that was so awesome um you know when i saw them in, in la it was it was really cool uh but if i were to compare the two sets like they got treated so nicely out here and you know they, i had this little bit of, of a thought while i was watching them um looking at everybody go off for them and just have a good time, um, you know, here in our area as, with this whole Nardcore scene, um, a lot of us have are used to seeing bands that are a little bit older who have, have had, you know, they go through cycles. Like we've, we've grown up seeing Dr. No, Ill Repute, Stalag 13, some of us have seen Aggression, you know, we have a very rich history of seeing bands age out here and you know still going off for them so it was really cool to see outbursts you know who didn't exist for very long come all the way out from new york do all these shows but like finish here in oxnard california you know <sighs> hardcore is really now starting to show its age as a music genre as a culture um and i know like there have been bands that have come in come out they do their little reunion or whatever, but for some reason it just hit me differently watching them. Um, I did get to see Outburst when they did their reunion in Europe about two years ago, and so I just felt like a personal little, uh, you know, um, just a little connection because, you know, being able to see them here in my home. But yeah, like, there's something about watching Outburst in Oxnard. It just seemed like they were a Nardcore band playing a show, um, you know, for everybody. So that was really cool. Uh, I'll hold that in my heart forever. And Terror, oh my God, God damn, like they are such a good man. And I'm just gonna say it, they are probably one of the most important hardcore punk bands that will ever, 
exist in our history. Um, you know, they, they are working class. They're all about the hustle and the grind. And sometimes I, it, I can't believe they've, you know, really, uh, they've lasted for as long as they have putting out all the material they have and still being really cool, relevant and loving the culture. Um, so it was really nice to see them. And, you know, even though Terror is from Los Angeles or that's their home base, they have ties to the area with members here and you know their first show was in ventura and i was there at that first show i've seen them like grow so many like throughout all these years i've seen them all over the world and it's just really special to see them here in oxnard come out with outburst and they couldn't have been a better night what a beautiful night um seeing family friends everything um so just a really quick update on what's going on in Southern California, at least in our area of Ventura County. You know, we have a lot of young kids running things, doing their thing, booking their shows, starting their bands, like they are doing it. And so I just uh, would like to give a really quick shout out to Terena, In Time, Ceramic, Bare Minimum, Crucial Thought, uh, Civil Conflict. I, there's like so many bands, like I can't even think about them right now, but they're all doing stuff. And uh, shout out to the Oxnard Performing Arts Center for facilitating these shows for us, being really cool. Um, and, you know, Sunday night was just really beautiful. Uh, really quick shout outs to people I look up to um, and who have been holding it down for years. And uh, yeah, Todd Jones, I love you, bud. Zach Nelson, man, you're the best. Fred Hammer, you are such a treasure. Shout out to 185 Miles South, a hardcore punk rock podcast. And also, it's a live, it's a live fanzine. Um, we appreciate you guys and love you so much. So anyway, uh, this is Benji, Ventura, California, checking out. Go slam. Love your friends. Have a good time. Talk to you guys soon. Hey team, Liam here from Cinepunks.com with another pit report for you. I uh, just went to a show last night and I wanted to check in, give you guys the report on it. I went to go see the Spy gel ms paint tour at the beat kitchen in chicago illinois last night local openers in still and hold my own uh so i'll give you a quick rundown of the show uh hold my own opened up uh hold my own is a bit of a ringer of an opener because these are all seasoned musicians uh from both the chicago and new jersey area including uh mongo greg uh greg from the mongoloids on vocals um <clears throat> they are a very tight band, a very, I think, already sort of uh, fully formed musically band. They definitely have their stuff together. Uh, it's not my style of hardcore. It's not my preferred style, let's say. Uh, but if you like stuff that is uh, influenced by classic metalcore but also has some modern uh, mosh to it, uh, I think this is very much up your alley. Uh, it seemed like the kind of music that you would definitely spin kick to. Uh, and like I said, very professional. Just not something that I would listen to a lot right now. Uh, but when I was younger, yeah. I mean, it's it's for sure the soundtrack for The Pit. Um, up next was uh, Locals in Still. Uh, they're on my man Nick's uh, New Morality Zine uh, label. I've actually met some of the dudes in this band before, but I didn't know they were in this band, and so I was stoked to see them. And I got to tell you guys, in Still... 
people use this term as a negative, but if you think of it as just a descriptor and not a negative, then I can say with Instill, Amazing Core is definitely back. This is a band that, you know, they have a bit of a of a harder edge than a lot of Amazing Core bands. Um, they certainly have some uh, uh, interesting, faster parts that I think are influenced by pre-Amazing Core uh, hardcore. Uh, and I think some of their breakdowns are a little bit... Uh, tougher you know uh, maybe tough isn't the right word but th- definitely you can get a serious uh mosh on more than some other amazing core bands but it feels to me and maybe these dudes will be mad at me for saying this maybe they don't see themselves this way but to me this is a band that is influenced by amazing core that is bringing back the sort of tradition of amazing core in the best possible way and i loved it i thought they were great um again i i should have checked them out before I saw them, because they are on Nick's label, but uh, I never really gave it a listen, and seeing them live, I, I think I'm a fan already. I can't wait for them to put out something. They have a tape out right now. Uh, I'm not really a tape guy, but uh, the moment they have some vinyl, I'm going to pick that up, because I was seriously impressed. Up next was the first band of the tour, uh, the tour package, I should say, MS Paint. Um, MS Paint is from Hattiesburg, Maryland. If you haven't checked them out, they're an interesting band you know it's it's a bass it's a keyboard well a couple keyboards and uh a drummer and just a very dynamic vocalist i think on record uh it's very good but it's a little less intense than live live it's a little more aggressive uh but i don't know how to describe this music other than being weird other than being i don't know maybe egg punk adjacent but definitely not egg punk um i don't know it manages to have dancey parts it manages to be uh, aggressive. It definitely has. It had folks doing a lot of two steps, but there wasn't. It's not hardcore, right? I don't think. Uh, but the vocalist has a vibe. He he looks like an angry hippie, uh, but man, his he's intense. He's got a lot of personality. He's got a lot of energy. I don't know. This this might be like my, one of my favorite new bands right now. MS Paint. Uh, I can't put my finger on exactly what it is that they do. Uh, check out the EP. Uh, it's available on Spotify right now. But I'll tell you what. If you get a chance to see them, even if you don't love that EP, I think seeing MS Paint is a very different experience than listening to it. And I was blown away. I had a lot of fun. At one point, I was just straight up like dancing in the traditional dancing sense. Like not when we say dancing and we mean like moshing or whatever the fuck it is we do at shows but like i was dancing like i was at a wedding maybe that's lame to people but i was having fun man and i was yelling along i've never danced and screamed lyrics at the same time and that's what i was doing it felt very weird but i was very much into it um after that was gel uh people who have actually suffered through my pit reports in the past know that i've seen gel actually saw them in philly recently uh but i like that band a lot and this is only the second time i got to see them uh they had a filling uh guitarist uh that dude uh mike from chemical fix and and other stuff um yeah, they're they're great. Gel continues to be great. Uh, they had a great response. People were really into it. Um, I will say, guys, if you're at a show, if there's going to be a show at a bar, inevitably someone's going to spill a beer. Venues, if you are a bar venue, have a have a dry mop nearby. Have have something nearby. Once gel started, people really wanted to get on the dance floor, get low. You know, they're not like a spin kick band, but they're definitely a moving around band. And the floor was so slippery from all the spilled beer. There was a lot of spilled alcohol all over that floor. And people were falling. I could see people, you know, putting their ankles in jeopardy. It was it was a bit of a bummer. And all I'm saying is if you bust out a, a mop, you know, that I can just 
hit that floor real quick, I'll do it, you know, and I'm not, it's not even my show and I'll do that. You know, I don't, I don't care. I'm just, I don't want to see people bust their ass, you know, anyways, Joe was great. Really good. Uh, then after them was the headliner spy spy is the tour spy. They are a hype band. Like they're the sort of band y'all people were waiting before the show got going in line to get spy merch. Like they have that kind of hype. So like, I wasn't wishing them ill, but I definitely was expecting that maybe I'd be a little disappointed in the show just because the hype is so high. But like for me, and I get they're not everyone's style, but for me, Spy lives up to the hype. They go beyond the hype. Like this is one of the best live bands I've seen in a long time. Um, I wish, honestly, I wish I was younger and the floor was less slippery. I, I would have moved around a bunch. Uh, I just couldn't couldn't justify it. It was getting late. I didn't want to break my ankle, so I didn't do it. But the energy coming off this band, the vocal, lead vocalist just is dynamic and just engaging, and it's moving around. The music is ripping. It just makes you want to scowl and stomp around. And oh, my. Oh, I don't know. It's it's hard to describe. Look, for, for anyone out there who just hasn't heard Spy, which I imagine is not a lot of people, but if you are that um, – it's very uh it has very fast core parts it's got very stomping around 80s hardcore parts it's uh it's very ripping i don't know i'm probably not the guy to ask this is the style right now for me that is that uh hardcore punk uh maybe outside the most mainstream but not so far outside right um they're playing some you know more uh uh, uh core audience hardcore shows as well as uh, this tour, which is a little bit outside the norm a little bit, especially with like MS Paint and stuff. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to say other than for me, this is where hardcore is right now is a band that is as ripping and as engaging as Spy is. That's that's what I want. I love other stuff too, but that's that's my vibe right now. So they've basically moved up my list. Now, granted, there's a lot of other bands I love that I haven't gotten to see live yet because of the pandemic. So I'm no expert on who's killing it live but for me as of right now spy is the top of my list hopefully i'll get to see some more shows there's a lot more stuff coming through chicago uh stuff going on in detroit um so i'm excited to see some other bands but right now uh, i gotta say like spy killed it and then like i said the two surprises for me were ms paint who is even better live than recorded and that band and still if you if you are not bummed out at the idea that someone's bringing back uh, a more sort of uh, what I would call beefier, amazing core, then check out that band. And still, they were tight. They had a lot of energy. It was great. So anyways, great show. Glad I could go. Thanks for the opportunity. What's going on? This is Mike from New Jersey by way of San Francisco and then back to Jersey once again. We've got a pit report out of Philadelphia, April 30th, First Unitarian Church, Gate Creeper, Narrowhead, 200 Stab Wounds, and Fearing. Fearing kicked it off. They're from California. They've got that Joy Division, gothy, industrial dance groove kind of thing going on. I love when a show blends that with hardcore and then just guitar rock, which we'll get into. Um, all ages gigs, so shout out all the kids that came out. I'm talking like children up front grooving and just having a having a blast there uh, at the church it was my first church gig and it really has that nostalgic youth group visitation feel but you're there for a gig so it's immediately you're just you're just feeling great uh 200 stab wounds immediate change of pace ohio death metal they were loud people moving a little forehead flop sweat started settling in 
Name Alone drew me into this band. Very gory, violent vibe. They got the riffs going on. I posted up Cornerside because we had some uh, had some big dudes in that pit, and I just, you know, I got the earplugs in. I'm doing my thing in the corner. They played a handful of songs off their latest record, Slave to the Scalpel. Shout out Maggot Stomp for putting that out. Highly advise checking it out. Again, very eerie, gory, just, yeah, Ohio death metal. Next up, who I was most stoked to see, a band that really got me through the good old quarantine times. We all have those bands. Narrowhead, Houston, Texas. If you were big into the 90s grunge growing up, uh, think modern day Smashing Pumpkins meets Helmet Worship. Um, and that can be seen via Narrowhead. 12th House Rock, their 2020 record via Run for Cover is excellent. Some of the best guitar work and bass lines. And to see them play these tracks live after two years of just binging these tracks, like Nitrist, uh, Hard to Swallow, Stuttering Stanley, such a treat, really. Um, they played a new track, which got a little heavier. I want to say My Own Summer Deftones kind of vibe. Um, just phenomenal set. Went right up front for that. You know, they rocked right through it. And then uh, lastly, Gate Creeper, your headliners, you know, they were exactly that. Killer headliner. They got everything together. Immediately people moving, fists up, energy high. Big fan of their latest uh, latest release and unex and excuse me in unexpected reality. Uh, they played tracks from that, some earlier stuff. Uh, they played the track from the ashes, which was insane to hear live. Big fan of that one. Overall, great show. Love a blend of hardcore grunge riff revival and just that industrial goth um, that Fearing kicked it off with. Uh, really hoping someone comes through with a Gulch and um, Gulch at the Philly Church show, which was actually pegged for the following day. I didn't go to that, so if someone's got a pit report for that, we'll love to hear that. Shout out Axe to Grind. Pit report complete. Yo, what's up? It's Gabe from Boston with another pit report. This time I'm going to talk about just two shows that I've been to in the last week or so real quickly. First up, uh, last night, April 26th, 2022, caught the, the Boston date of the Spy, Gel, and MS Paint tour with local support from Peace Test, Kidnapped, and Zipper. Unfortunately, I got there too late for Zipper. This has started to become a little bit of a recurring problem in my life when there's a weeknight shows that I just don't get there in time because between going home after work and then heading back out, it just turns to a problem, so... Apologies to them. Did catch most of Kidnapped. They were pretty, pretty sick. I hadn't listened to them in a long time. I think I saw them one time many years ago. They had a show in New Bedford with Wound Man and a one-night-only reunion of X-Files X, if you can believe that. And uh, they, they got even weirder and heavier in that time. It's very, uh, it's very sick to see what they've done with that band. Uh MS Paint was up next. We want to talk about Weird. That band has a synth player instead of a guitar player. And uh, they're a punk band, so, you know. That's pretty cool. I thought that it sounded very different from a lot of other stuff. Kind of very unique vibe to it because of the shouty vocals with the, like, dancey parts underneath it. I don't know. That band is cool, and they definitely are fun live, so I think you should check it out. MS Payne from Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Uh, Peace Test was up next. They were like the last-minute addition to the lineup, but I think, honestly, a lot of people were there specifically to see them. They got a really rowdy reaction. That band uh, 
has really made a name for themselves in the last couple of years. It's some hot records like the Seven Inch and LP, both on to Live a Lie. Um, and uh, then Gel played. Gel is like a machine. They are so tight. They are so fast. And they play New England a lot, and it feels like nobody here is remotely sick of them because people just go off every time. I've seen the videos of even the shows that I've missed, and people just love gel up here, and uh, it's awesome. Spy closed out the night. I gotta say, I'm not the biggest Spy fan. I think it's cool that, like, a lot of people went off for them. They definitely had a good stage presence, a good energy, but I don't know, something about it just doesn't thrill me. I don't know, maybe I'm in the minority here. But uh, the, the coolest thing about the show, I will say, is that there were six bands on it, and it ran in less than three hours. First note, supposedly, was at 8 p.m. I got there a little bit around 8.15, 8.20, and the second band was already on, and it was done by, like, 10.30, 10.45, latest. So that's awesome. It was a Tuesday night show, and it was completely sold out. Like, I think a couple of people might have had to sneak in through the side door to get in. So... Good on uh, Spy Gel and Devin's Paint and Peace Test and the, uh, the Connecticut bands Kidnapped and Zipper for really packing it out, the Middle East upstairs in Cambridge. And then down the street from there, I went to another show a couple nights prior, April 22nd, Friday night, also sold out, Angel Dust, Spiritual Cramp, Webbed Wing Tour, and local support from none other than C4. Now, C4 is obviously the incongruous band on that lineup, because given Angel Dust's recent direction towards a more like indie, popish related sound, and what um, Webbed Wing just being very much in that lane as well, and Spiritual Cramp just being a very straightforward, like somewhat melodic punk lane, uh, C4 was kind of the odd ducks. Definitely took a little while for the crowd to warm up to them, but it was... Still, they sounded really good, and I think that the funniest thing about it is uh, <laughs> Sam broke his A string like halfway through the set, and he just never changed it, and just kept playing everything on the E string. But uh, luckily, there's another guitar player by the name of Douglas, Doug, Doug, who held it down, won the majority of the set, but it's still just, you know, Sam was definitely good for added texture, I gotta give him that. <laughs> He's busting his chops about that at the night of, sorry Sam. But, uh, yeah, it was, you know, they, they were awesome. I've never had a bad time seeing C4. Uh, Webdwing was cool. I think the, the front man's banter was pretty funny at times. It was always a fun time. They also, <laughs> they took, they randomly got heckled to play a song called, uh, Shed a Tear. And the guy was like, cool, let me go get my harmonica. And he literally just walked off stage and got his harmonica and strapped it to his chin and played the song. They were just like, we haven't rehearsed it, so it might not sound good. It sounded good. That was cool. Uh, Spiritual Cramp, I think somebody else, may, uh, probably Liam, said that uh, they have some ska-sounding parts. I fully believe that because I told them that the night of. I'm like, I think you guys are secretly a ska band. And their bass player said, it's not a secret. <laughs> they definitely have some parts that are pretty, like, you know, ska in the sense that like the clash is had some ska parts you know not in the third wave ska milieu so much which is good because most people hate that myself included at times i go back and forth on it angel dust closed it out and the best thing about angel dust right now is 
the sonic diversity of their catalog that is reflected in their set list because they played something off of every LP. Played a decent chunk of songs off of every LP. Open with Toxic Boombox. Definitely got the place jumping. They almost closed with Set Me Up, but then they played one more song afterwards just to kind of like chill the crowd out. But uh, when they when they played Set Me Up, Justice, Justice, by the way, is now currently playing guitar with a mic stand the entire set. Not, not like as an auxiliary, like he is shredding, he is playing leads, he is playing guitar on every song, and he's got his mic stand. And uh, during Set Me Up, he just turned the mic stand around so that people could sing it from the crowd. I took the mic for, like, the majority of the song and just kind of ran around and, then, like, had people pile on me. Somebody straight up crushed my windpipe at one point, which was less than pleasant. And then I told Justice, uh, now I see why you like the mic stand and the guitar because you don't have to worry about people trying to choke you out. He's like, oh, yeah, now I don't get beat up anymore. <laughs> so, yeah, that was uh, two very fun nights in the last week in Boston, going to hardcore shows. Also caught Candle Mass about a week ago, April 20th. That was also sick. I think it was their first mass show in like 30 years. So, yeah, it's just all going good around here. There's some more shows coming up in the next week. At, uh, by the time you hear this, it'll probably have already happened, so I'm not going to plug them too hard. I will, however, say, as I have said in previous pit reports, uh, safeinacrowd.com or safeinacrowd on Instagram. Good resources that I help run for finding out about shows happening in the Boston area and the greater New England area. All right. Thank you. Peace. Hey, John Meat here. Meat Sheet Fanzine Pit Report for Drug Shirts, One Step Closer, Soul Blind, and Lurk. It was on April 12th, 2022 in Phoenix, Arizona. I was so glad to see a show because it had been two years for me, and this bill was diverse and stacked with talent. And first band was Lurk. They were tight, groovy, bouncy, yet still aggressive and very fun. Um, Love them. They're from Chicago. Check them out. Next was Soul Blind. They sounded great, super heavy. Definitely lived up to the stuff that you might hear. Record it. I highly recommend them, and let's see, One Step Closer, didn't know that band very well at all till that night, and uh, they delivered high-energy hardcore, very fun to watch as well, youthful spirit, they were jumping around, you know, what else can you ask for, really? Um, Drug Church was the last, and that was one of the funnest things I'd seen in a long time, it wasn't kind of like Murphy's Law type of fun, but just well-rehearsed, engaging to watch. Let's face it, Axe to Grind's own Patrick. He knows how to front a band and give a good show and engage the crowd. Uh, The crowd, less enthusiastic than I hoped for, but that's kind of par for course in this town, Phoenix. Um, I don't want any of the bands to think that was a slight to them because I know how tiring travel can be, and, man, they just, everybody was tight and brought their a game that night and uh thanks for doing that what a pleasure anyway take care